Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Brett Keen. If you would like to support God TV Radio, you can support us by buying our music, our art, our T-shirts, as well as our books. You can also support us with a one-time donation through PayPal. All links are in the description. If you have access to Spotify, you can listen to my radio station in your car, on your stereo, on your computer, anything that has internet access. God bless. Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Brett Keen from God TV Radio. I hope you're all having a blessed day. <clears throat> Let's take a look and see if um, my live stream is working. I was having a little bit of issue there. It turned out to be something pretty easy that I didn't even think would be registered as a problem. Let me see if my audio is working. All right, good. Looks like we're working. Let me go ahead and like that up. Yes, I do like up my own stuff because I am awesome and I deserve to give myself a little bit of love. Yes, sir. Okay. So let's see. It looks like we got somebody here. Let's go ahead and add them real quick after I set desktop audio. And I guess we can... Let's see. Invite to speak. Hello. Okay, just waiting for you to accept. So I invited the guy. Let's see if he's actually going to hop up on the screen and talk to me. Yeah, what up? Hey, man, what's going on? Talk to me for a little bit so I can see where your audio settings are on this. All right. Uh, what do you want to talk about? Okay. Uh, I guess um, for those out there who are listening, what is your theological position and political disposition? You there? Yeah. Can you hear me? Hello? Yeah. Now I can. What's your theological oh. position, political disposition? Uh, I don't know that I would have a theological position. Uh, I mean... Yeah, I, I don't know that I would have a theological position. Um, my political position, um, I would consider myself liberal, but I do agree with uh, certain conservative aspects, um, such as like gun gun rights and stuff like that. I tend to le lean more right than I do left on gun issues. Why do you think that is? Why? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I mean, it's probably because I grew up with guns. I own guns. Um, I'm in a very rural area, so guns are around me. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, that's probably the main reason is where I grew up. I'm sure if I grew up in like an inner city where there was tons of gun violence, um, I, I would have a more uh, left-leaning view when it comes to guns. Now. That's not to say that I don't support things like a gun registry or um, even having like an ID to own a gun. I think those are all really good ideas. Um, but when it comes to 
telling people what guns they can and can't have, obviously within limits, like you shouldn't be able to own like uh, a law 98 or, you know, some kind of like high end military rocket launchers and stuff like that. Like, I don't, I don't think you should have that. But as far as like um, AR 15s, AK 47s, like high power, high capacity rifles, I think you should be able to own. Right. I myself, I'm not really into guns. My uh, brother got me a BB gun a while back, and I held that up on the screen, and everybody okay. was like, whoa, oh, look, he's got a firearm and all that. I, I um, am for people having their ability to have guns, but like you, I don't think there's reasons to have machine guns, grenades, rocket launchers, bazookas. No, I nukes under I mean, the garage unless, unless you have unless you have licensing for that kind of stuff because there are people that do have like certain licensing like federal licenses you can have machine guns but that's only because they they build they work with contractors to build military weapons now those people they you know they should be allowed to have uh like automatic weapons because they are licensed to have them but your average citizen, I don't believe, should have a uh, like a fully automatic weapon. Yeah, I which no that. one does. So I can understand that for sure. So you said you had some other conservative ideas, but you uh, that you go along with, but you're still liberal. What's some other stuff besides guns? Um, man, that's that's a good question. Um, I can't really pick anything off the top of my head. I know that I have them. Um, let me think. Uh, probably when it comes to like fiscally, I'm fiscally conservative. Um, uh, I do, I, I do support the, the, uh, military budget being high. I don't think it should be as high as it is. But I do actively support the military and what they do. Now, in this country, we do have a military complex, which, you know, is just wasting money. Um, I would be in favor of lowering the, um, the, the military budget, but not by much, maybe like a couple hundred billion dollars, and then using that money for social programs. That sounds and fair most liberals are in favor of uh, taking the military budget and at least cutting it in half, which I don't agree with. Right. So you uh, you are into the whole uh, penny pincher thing as well, trying to save as much money. Seems like a lot of our politicians out there on both sides like to just blow money on ridiculous stuff. How do you feel about the way the military and humanity handled the pandemic? Um, I think the Army Corps of Engineers, or at least the, I believe it's the 44th Medical Brigade out of Fort Braggs, that's been really, like, distributed out to a lot of um, uh, hospitals and stuff. I think they did a really good job, and I think they're doing a really good job. Um, uh, the the National Guard has done, you know, a, as best as they could do to uh, help with these hospitals and help kind of curve the uh the spread of covid um as far as anything else about what the military is doing as far as covid i don't know because i haven't looked into it right how do you feel about the way uh 
Mr. Biden's doing things and also the way Trump did things whenever it came to the pandemic. Got any complaints, criticisms, what would have you done type of deal? Uh, well, I don't, I don't know what I would have done. Um, I definitely would have like when Trump was in office, um, he was saying that, Hey, you know, this isn't a big deal. You know, it's like a season, you know, it's like a flu. It'll, it'll go away. And I, I think that came from a place of ignorance, um, him not fully understanding, uh, what this pandemic, cause at the time he was saying this, it was a pandemic, um, I don't I don't think he fully understood the implications of what he was saying. Um, and if I was in his position, I would have immediately enacted a, you know, a lockdown. Hey, start wearing masks, stuff like this. Um, and as far as what Biden is doing, there are certain things that I agree with Biden on, like um, his. I, I like that he's kind of rolled out this uh, this plan of the Postal Service delivering all of these at home test kits. Um I forget who else. I, there, there was another organization, or maybe it was Biden, that is um, doing masks as well, like the M95 masks. I think he's rolling out a plan for that. Um, I think those are really good things. Um, I, I definitely think that Biden has handled the the pandemic much better than Trump did or could have. Uh, but I will I will say that. Um, I'm glad that Trump did finally enact the, uh, I, I forget what the name of it is, but it's basically where the military um, takes all of its resources and starts making um, ventilators. I, I forget what the actual act is called, but I, I do uh, give credit to Trump for that. So you said that whenever it comes to a theological position, um you sounded as if you're not really for any kind of religion or God concept. Where are you at on that? Uh, I mean, it's not that I'm for it or against it. Um, I think that it is more or less irrelevant because my main thing is I, I don't really care about how uh, the universe or whatever came into existence. The, 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 the why it came into existence doesn't particularly interest me. It's, uh how things work like within our system um learning about you know the universe as far as like the big bang and uh cellular life and stuff like that um evolution i do agree with evolution um well i i believe that it is an actual mechanism it's not a matter of whether i believe it or not because it is a fact um there's demonstrable evidence to support it but that's that's not to say that a God didn't create it, but I don't believe that it would be the uh, Abrahamic religions. Because you, um, that is total, totally antithetical to what they believe. You said there's demonstrable evidence. Um, are you aware that one of the claims of evolution is that your ancestors um, came from fish? Well, I, I, I mean, yes. I mean, that's a very... Uh, simple way of putting it but but yes well it says that you uh come from a creature by the name of tiktaalik i believe is how it's right. pronounced and uh, right. before that this was like some kind of minnow creature that didn't even have uh fins or flappers or anything on it it just somehow genetically came into this so what kind of evidence would you say exists for uh proving that we actually come from a fish uh the fossil record i mean like we can 
we can take our DNA and we can actually show that the, there are genetic variances that do show up within other species. Uh, we can we can look at the fossil record and see evolution happen. Um, it's kind of like a tree, and it's the the this it, it's a good analogy, and it's pretty much why evolution is explained like a tree. It is the evolutionary tree. Uh, you have a tree, okay? Yeah, I'm aware of the tree oh, okay. and the animations and illustrations. But, right. But you said that you um that you're able to get DNA off of a fish that is um billions of years old. This is your- No, no, no. Like we we can look at other species and and show that we have, I mean pretty much any species, we have uh DNA similarities or genetic similarities between all of these creatures on earth. Okay, so there's similarities, but how does that prove that you actually came from the fish? I, I feel as though that is completely irrelevant. Uh, the the fish, I mean, it, it would be like asking me how to how does that prove that we came from a a prehistoric uh, proto protein? Mm-hmm. I don't understand why you see that as irrelevant. That is the claim that was made, and you were the one that made the claim that there's demonstrable well, evidence that evolution is true. So if that's uh, true, okay. and there's all this evidence, then what? Can I ask you a question? Well, wait a second. Okay. What is the evidence that we come from fish? The fossil record. Okay, what fossil record would that be? What do you mean? Okay, what is the name of the fossil that you speak of? Where would I go to uh, basically analyze it and objectively look it over myself and be able to do this? Where Where is a mu- this? A museum. What museum like would this- I go to in order to find the... Uh, evolutionary fish that you speak of the smithsonian you believe that miss the smithsonian has the fish that you came from i'm i i can't say for 100 percent certain so you're not really sure you're just kind of assuming that that's where it would be uh, yes why would you I just guess. assume that they have that for? I'm not trying to hate on you or make you look silly or something. I'm just curious. Uh, this is an extraordinary claim that humans come from fish. So I would like to know where you think the evidence is for this. Have you ever yourself actually been in a lab or worked with scientists where you were able to analyze any of these assertions and claims? Um, no, but, but... A really, really interesting piece of um, experimentation has been done, and I actually just learned about this not too long ago. Um, so there has been, I believe it's Listeria. Are you familiar with Listeria at all? I'm listening. Okay. So there, I believe it is MIT. It, 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 it's it's a prestigious uh, college that has been running a evolutionary experiment with Listeria for about 30 years. And the interesting thing is, is that they found a uh, a generation. So there, the listeria is in this like uh, this stew of all these different chemicals, and carbon is one of those chemicals because listeria feeds off of carbon. Well, after so many generations, they found that the listeria was actually feeding off of another chemical that listeria has never been known to eat off or to feed off of. And that is extraordinary evidence of evolution at work in a laboratory. 
like apply that to uh, like human beings. Say that one day human beings were able to consume something that was totally foreign to us as a food source, such as like wood. That would totally change our species. All right. Are you still able to hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Let me see if I can. Uh, I want to bring something up here real quick. Uh, according to LiveScience.com, the earliest primate fossil discovered, primate ancestor of all humans likely roamed with dinosaurs. Hear that? Primate ancestor of all humans likely roamed with dinosaurs. And of course, it's an animation. It's a cartoon. Uh, they painted this picture of what looks like a half rat, half squirrel. Okay. Um, do you believe? Yeah. Do you believe that you came from this thing? Uh, if if science has dictated it that there is evidence to show that we came from these, then I have no reason to doubt that. As long as there's decent evidence to support that, then yeah. They claim to have found fossilized teeth. Okay. Tiny ancient teeth. They did okay. not find the rest of the remains; just teeth. And they okay. are saying that that is where we came from based upon some little teeth that the thing had. And and what is the issue? That because they don't have the whole fossil, then they can't know that... They, they can't determine what the animal looked like? So here's what it says towards the bottom. This is fascinating. It says... These early primates represent life beginning to recover after the giant asteroid slammed into the Earth at the end of the Cretaceous period, about 66 million years ago, causing a mass extinction that wiped out Novanian dinosaurs. The researchers dated the fossils to between 105,000 and 139,000 years after the extinction event. Listen to this. But these creatures likely, listen, listen to the wording, these creatures likely evolved from an unknown ancestor primate that lived alongside the dinosaurs, the researchers said. So the issue we have here is that they're saying that they don't even know what it is that this thing supposedly came from or where it transitioned to, well, but by its teeth, they're going to assume that that is our ancestor. Well, I mean, well, yeah. I mean, like, it, I had a point, but now I don't remember what my point was. I mean, like, th that that is how science works, like... It's not like, oh, they find a fossil and then they can immediately identify like, yes, this is our ancestor. Like there's a lot more that goes into it. They have to find more of these fossils. It, it is a hypothesis of, hey, we think that this was a, a relative of ours. And more research would have to go into that to verify that claim. Okay. So we're, the thing is, if you find a couple little fragments of teeth... How are you going to know what the full-blown body of this thing looked like, for one, if you don't even have the body or the skeletal structure to it? And then how will you assume by little tiny pointy teeth that that somehow is going to, millions of years later, turn into a you know, full-fledged uh, us? Well, teeth are actually really important. And also, I'm not claiming to know because I don't know. I'm not a biologist. But I do know that teeth are very important for identifying 
types of animals. For example, uh, carnivores typically have very sharp teeth um, that are, you know, designed to cut through meat. Um, herbivores are, they have flat like molars. That way they can grind down plant matter. Um, omnivores have a combination of the two. Like us, we have canines, but we also have molars. Um, also, the size of the teeth will uh, determine how big the animal actually was. There, there's a lot of things that can go into determining what an animal looks like or what its behavior is based on its teeth. Teeth are actually really important for understanding an animal. There's another major claim in this uh, explanation here. It says that this creature existed back in the time that a giant asteroid hit the Earth. Would you be able to give me the location or idea where this asteroid came from and at what point in time did it hit? I need to know what I'm getting to is I want the location of the asteroid itself. The For some reason, the science pages that claim this, they don't give me an idea or location where to find the asteroid or remnants of it. Uh, give me one second. Uh, I would assume it probably landed somewhere in the ocean, but I'm not 100% sure. Do you um, think that if an asteroid hit the ocean, it may cause the sea level to rise and perhaps some flooding? Of course. It would warm up the ocean. Right. So you believe yeah, it's it, possible that an asteroid could be so large and so impactful and damaging it could cause uh, pretty close to a worldwide flood if it hit hard enough? Well, if if an asteroid hit that big and that hard, it would vaporize all the water on the planet and the entire planet would heat up and kill everything. You think that an so, asteroid could disintegrate all the water? Oh, absolutely. Even Absolutely. the even the water that is under the uh, the crust of the Earth that they say well, could fill our oceans three to four times over. Okay, well, you have to look at it this way: mm-hmm. you are taking a massive, massive rock, and you are slamming it into the Earth at hundreds, if not thousands, of kilometers an hour. Okay, mm-hmm. what that's going to do is that's going to heat up the earth. It's going to crash into the, into the crust, break the crust, and the impact is going to generate friction, which is then going to heat up the earth. It'll boil away water. It will spread. That heat will spread and destroy everything on the planet. It would, I mean, that's, that's why during the Cretaceous period, when the asteroid hit, I believe it was a Cretaceous period, um, and the asteroid hit and, it killed off like 99% of every species on the planet. Mm. So it, it, you're saying that it disintegrated so, our oceans and our water. No, no, no. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that it disintegrated the ocean. I, I'm saying that if a large enough asteroid hit the Earth, it could physically do that. It's not going to force all of the water up. It's going to boil and evaporate the water. Mm. So if this happened, like they're claiming that a giant asteroid hit the Earth causing the extinction of the dinosaurs, we would not only suspect that there should be some loss of water on our water planet, that at this point scientists claim there's 80% water, but it would also do devastating effects on the physical uh, surface of the Earth as well, right? Uh, Hidden below, it it is known as the Chick-ula... I I don't know how to pronounce this. Um, 
I can send it to you. It is a hidden. It is hidden below the water of the Gulf of Mexico. Marks the impact site of an asteroid struck Earth 66 million years ago. Uh, the most consequential outcome of this cataclysmic event was the fifth mass mass extinction, which wiped out about 80 percent of the animal species, including the Novian dinosaurs, which is what you were referring to. So yes, the we have we have found the impact site of this asteroid. Excuse me. Excuse me. Let me see what oh, we good. got here. The uh, Chick X. Oof, that's a weird name. Crater yes, it is. is not visible at the Earth's surface like the famous meteor crater of Arizona. There are, however, two surface expressions of the crater. Radar measurements captured from one of NASA space shuttles. Discovering the impact site. Let's see. Is the known Earth crater with the remaining impact uh, peak ring. But it's under 600 miles of sediment. Okay. So they're saying they got a big old hole in the ground. They figure that's where it's at. So it's like 600 miles down into the earth. Correct. Oh, wow. So now you've shown me, it is very, very clear that you have shown me a um, this uh, this rock that has hit our earth. But... Where would you say that the information is that this is the cause of the extinction deal? I could see why you would assume this, but where in it is it stating that this specific one was the problem? I don't know. I'm not a geologist. Okay. So there's no information to set, state oh. that this one, because we both know I mean, that our I mean, Earth can... has been hit by tons and tons of oh, debris sure. of space. Yeah, there's there's one out in uh, in Arizona. It's I think it's like 20 minutes south of the uh, Grand Canyon, and it is massive. It's like 11 stories deep, and it's actually one of the places that I really want to go visit. Okay, so they're stating according to Wikipedia that this specific one, uh, you were right. It does say 66 million years ago. So if we went from the point where science is claiming we come from a hamster-looking-like creature, I guess you could place that in there if we were to go along with the timelines of uh, Wikipedia. Do you consider Wikipedia the gospel of the Internet or what? Uh, I mean, Wikipedia does cite all of its sources. Mm -hmm. um, so if you're like if you read through Wikipedia and you find something that is... If, if you think that something is dubious, then you can go and look at the source and see what, you know, uh, these people's qualifications are, wh what they're doing, what their resources are. You know, you, you can look at the evidence. You can look at the source where they're pulling this information from. So I, I feel as though Wikipedia is a really good source for uh, uh, for determining whether something is factual. So. If you're convinced that this happened, that according to that thing, this thing's like 10 miles long that hit our Earth, right? Uh, the diameter is 93 miles, and 93. the depth is 12 miles. Wow, that is pretty damn big. That's a lot bigger than what I uh, assumed there. So this would have, what do you think would have happened with the Earth when this thing hit? You believe that obviously some of our oceans remained or they wouldn't be here today. Well, obviously. Okay, so what else do you think would have happened in this process when this hit it? 
I mean, can, if you want to describe it like an Armageddon movie, if you don't mind. Uh huh. All right. So <laughs> the 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 asteroid obviously would have hit the Earth. Uh, it would have displaced a lot of water, boiling off a decent amount of it. But when it actually made contact with the crust of the Earth, it would have it. You know, it would have destroyed that part of the Earth and sent dust and rock fragment into the atmosphere all over the place that rock fragment would have come back down to the earth burning shit uh it would have caused massive forest fires it would have blotted out the sun for a long period of time which was probably the reason for the ice age like right after the asteroid hit um yeah i mean it, it, it's something very similar to a a massive volcano have you ever looked into uh, like when volcanoes erupt? Like major volcanoes have erupted throughout history. Oh, there's it a is actually volcano explosion right, under the ocean exactly. recently. Right. What I'm talking about, like, um, like huge calderas, um, like uh, Krakatoa. When Krakatoa went off, it actually dropped the Earth, the, the average temperature of the Earth by three degrees. And there was major crop failure. There was all kinds of things. So an asteroid hitting the Earth could put us into a new ice age if it blotted out the sun for long enough. Because all that dust particle, all the uh, the sediment, everything would have gone into the atmosphere. How long do you think that that would be the case where the sun's blotted out? I have no idea. Again, I'm not a... Uh, I have no scientific background, <laughs> so I couldn't even begin to guess. Would you say uh, more than a couple of years? Oh, definitely. Okay. So it, you I believe mean, that just, that would it, obviously it, have an impact on the plant life, right? Oh, absolutely. It, I mean, we're, we're talking about like, if it was for a long enough period of time, we're talking about like an ice age, something that lasts like at least a hundred years. I don't know how long the ice age lasted. Hmm. Let me look. Uh, the ice age... I'll take a look as well. Oh, goodness gracious. Oh, looks like there's a little cartoon movie about that. When yeah. Was, okay. So, no, so, that, that has nothing to do with the actual Ice Age. The last glacial period began about 100,000 years ago and lasted until 25,000 years ago. Okay. Today we are in a warm interglacial period. Well, that's convenient for us. Very good. Very good. Let's see. Uh, what caused the Ice Age? The variation of sunlight reaching Earth is one because of Ice Ages when less sunlight reaches the northern. Well, that kind of goes with what you're saying. If we got hit with a sick-ass 100-mile uh, uh, meteorite, asteroid, or whatever the case, it's going to block out the sun for a long time, and then, boom, we're going to... Better get your winter coat, right? Right. Well, I mean, no, like, an ice age would be like, uh, most of our species would die off, sort of deal. Right. See, that's what I'm curious about. I'm over here looking at this cute little hamster-like creature that is supposed to be our ancestors, and I'm thinking this little prick was running around with the dinosaurs, according to the uh, science thing. 
And according to also science, not only are they stating that we got hit by a massive-ass rock, which obviously we've come to a conclusion something ignorant like this happened, that they're stating that, I, I don't know if you've heard of this, uh, some atheists say they don't buy it, even though it's all over science websites, but according to science, they say that gases from dinosaur farts may have caused uh, bad living conditions for the planet. What do you think I mean, about that? And that's totally possible because we see that like uh, methane from cattle farming is actually affecting our climate currently. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I, if that came to be true, I would not doubt it. Uh, that seems totally plausible. Right. Yeah, I don't understand it myself. I have uh, I lived in the city and then I moved out to the country, and we got a bunch of cows. They smell nasty as can be. And uh, I've heard over and over that cows farting can cause a major issue for the earth and the atmosphere right. and all that. So why would we imagine that big-ass reptilian-looking creatures running around letting out, you know, gaseous, uh, gaseous nasties into the air, that that's not going to do some damage, right? Sure, sure. But not, not on the scale that we're talking. Like, I don't think that the dinosaurs could have thrown the world into an ice age. Right. Right. It definitely would have affected the uh, the climate of the planet, but I don't think it would have affected it to such a degree where it's going to throw us into like a superheated age or an ice age. That's uh, that is a good point. You would think that if the uh, if the farts were rising up in the atmosphere and they were destroying it, that meteorite would have taken care of any business that happened. It would probably would have ignited all those farts, right? Mm. <laughs> Terrible. I, I, no, no. <laughs> I'm just having a good time on that. But how did the creature survive then? This thing that I'm looking at has very thin hair. Just if you look up shrew, and it's got little tiny sure. uh, teeth. If you want to, if you want to look it up, it's uh, the shrew. And the uh, page I'm looking at is primate ancestor of all humans likely roamed with the dinosaurs. And notice that they're saying likely. They're not speaking of it as like it's absolute fact. They're just saying, eh, this is likely, Grandpa, from a billion years ago, right? Sure, sure. Let me get you a link uh, on this. Okay. If you want. Um, I, I would assume it would be a very similar process to how, like, moles and shrews and stuff live through the winter. They burrow. Underground is warmer. All right, you get that? It, it shows the thumbnail yeah, yeah, for I you, too. It. Isn't that adorable? Yeah, I don't yeah, remember yeah, ever being it. that cute myself, but there you go. Uh, I want to find its name. Oh, boy. Our ancient ancestors looked like squirrels. Sure. Uh, I, I was uh, reading well, the title they're, prob they're probably like mammal, like proto-mammals, if not mammals outright. Earliest known primate. Mm. Because they, they gave a, a genus, and I'm actually looking at the genus right now. This is just where, like, what primates evolved from, not 
Yeah, this was supposedly before the primate, obviously. They're a lot tinier. They ended up uh, supposedly, according to some of the other sites I've looked at, these little creatures started climbing up on trees and managed to get bigger and then uh, turned into like these monkey-looking squirrel things and then turned into, uh, I guess, a special primate that they speak of that ended up becoming us. And you, uh, you're for that. You're like, yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, have you ever read up on any of Charles Darwin's work? Some of his uh, books, some of the information that's put out there. Uh, like you're talking about um, uh, origin of species and stuff. Yeah, and descent of man. Sure. There is some quotes that he has. I can show you if you're interested where he says that uh, he does not believe that evolution is possible unless there is a higher power or prime mover behind it. And as you know, it was uh, Catholicism, I believe, or uh, some form of Christianity that actually sent him out to look for some of these discoveries. Now, why do you think he would believe uh, that a god did this or god set uh, evolution into motion for? Why do you think that is? Uh, I would assume his time and the lack of research. I mean, there were plenty of things that Darwin said that uh, he believed to be true, but were that were wrong, that were later discovered to be wrong. Uh, I would assume it would probably just be because of the time that he lived in. Um, it, it th This was a new idea, and when he discovered this, uh, the only way that he could attribute it would be to God, which which is totally reasonable. What do you uh, think of the claim that squids as well as octopus are not of this earth? What if I were to show you some science websites that are actually claiming that? They say they don't fit well into the evolutionary tree as you were speaking of earlier. Right. <laughs> Let me uh, hook you up on this. All right, I'm going to give you a couple different things to look at. Yeah, they're uh, they're stating this, and I understand that you're saying, well, that can't be factual because. You and I, we've never actually been to another planet or seen life forms that are this complex running around on it. Here you go. There you go. Yeah. They're claiming that squid and the octopus rode on a rock 
kind of similar to the rock that ended the uh, dinosaurs and started that ice age we were discussing. Somehow these uh, these bastards were extremely elusive because they rode on a rock, according to science, smashed into the earth, apparently into the ocean, and then went on to uh, basically, uh, I guess, lucky for them, they seemed to manage to be able to have the right habitat uh, to be able to flourish, right? It's not my claim, man. I never even uh, thought that octopus came from anywhere but Earth. But this is what they're claiming. Well, if you continue to go down the list, there's live science, and there's also, uh, apparently, there's an article written on it by the Washington Post, so they seem, and the Guardian, the Guardian, I don't know if you're into that uh, news uh, set up, but they are all putting this forth. This isn't from the Inquirer, Newsweek, are octopuses from outer space, you like Newsweek, New York Post, uh, the Independent UK, so Okay. Well, the live science thing, if you have an issue with the reporter who's reporting it, there appears to be quite a few sources and links going off to where they're getting this information from. So I get it. I understand. It sounds to me like this is like the first time you've heard that octopuses and squids might come from a different world. And I get it. It's like a surprise. It shocks you kind of thing. But, um, yeah, they, they've got all these different uh, sources here and where they're getting this idea from. This is no more different than when we look at the primate shrew thing where it says we likely came from it based upon some teeth we've seen laying around. You know, there's they're saying likely and they don't even know if that's actually, uh, they say an unknown ancestor. To me, if you say unknown ancestor, then... That kind of leads me to believe that if you don't know something, then you don't actually have any evidence for it, right?
You still there? Hello? Hello? Oh, it, you were doing just fine. The last word you said was something about mammals, and then you went dead quiet. All right. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, like I said, more more research would have to be done on this. Hmm. All right. Uh, but as far as as far as the octopus, um, I, I hold no. I put no stock in that. It doesn't seem like uh, this is something that is being touted as fact. This is more of just like theory crafting. Okay. What about the shrew thing? Why is it that you go along with the shrew deal? Uh, because there are other there are other small uh, mammals that we do have full fossils of that have uh, genetic lineages to primates. Like okay. this isn't the first time that they found something like this. Would you? Uh, how would we go about? Let's say that we go along with the shrew thing and its little teeth. I'm curious as um, how would you go about proving that this creature uh, succeeded or accomplished being able to give birth to children? I don't know. I'm not a biologist. Okay. I have no clue. So if we do find the bones of a primate and we claim that that is our, uh, what we came from, how are we able to prove that the primate actually gave birth to anything uh, that would become human later on? Okay, so in... Have you ever had your DNA sequenced? I've had my DNA messed with, that's for sure. But go ahead. Okay. So um, most people that are not, pretty much anybody that is not African, like purely African, they can sequence their DNA and actually find Neanderthal DNA in our own DNA. And that is a perfect uh, monologue for, or uh, it's perfect for representing how genetic lineages work. How, say, like a Neanderthal or um, Homo erectus interbred with our species or our, our uh, homo sapiens sapiens to to continue um species are interbreedable so i recommend going to have your dna sequenced and actually looking at the the lineage that you have because i guarantee that they would find uh neanderthal uh dna within your own now granted it, it's a very small percentage because this is far removed from us. I mean, we're talking about millions of years of breeding with Homo sapiens. So this, th these genetics are far removed from us, but they are still there. The traces are still there. The proteins are still there. Okay. So how would we go about doing this with the shrew? Let me uh, give you an example of why this is unusual for me. They found some teeth of this rodent-looking creature, um, yeah. and that is it. And they're basically, I guess they're using computer-generated computer uh, illustrations of what they think this creature may have even looked like. So we don't even know if that thing we're looking at is right. And I don't sure. know if you knew this, but recently, uh, in the last decade, you know, compared to what science has been around doing, they're stating right. that T-Rexes did not look like the Jurassic Park creature. That we right, 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 right. Like a lot of dinosaurs are more likely to have feathers because they actually uh, later evolved or, you know, what remained of them uh, later evolved into what we know as birds. All right. 
And you believe that the T-Rex is actually associated with the chicken, as they say? Uh, if, yes. It, it, if the genetics are there, then yes. I, I see no reason to to doubt that. Okay. So wasn't the T-Rex uh, a pretty big-ass animal or creature back in the day when this big old 100-mile uh, asteroid hit the Earth and destroyed okay. it, and then it turned us into an ice age? How did uh, T-Rex uh, find the ability to survive this wretched state that uh, existence was in to turn into a chicken? I have no idea. Well, you can understand why I'd ask such a question, right? I mean, you were beautiful in how you described how the atmosphere would be all messed up. We wouldn't have no sunlight. Uh, there'd be no plants. The water would either disintegrate or it would pop up in the air and land on everything, shit would be burning, the forest on fire. Seems like this is a completely unacceptable habitat for a T-Rex, right? Okay. And on top of it, apparently they have farting issues, according to science. So this prick had everything going against it that it possibly could have. And the creature wasn't equipped to be able to walk around in the Ice Age, right? Right. Okay. So what's the thought process? Do you think it did what Empire... you ever seen the movie Empire Strikes Back with Luke Skywalker and all that? Yes. You remember when Luke's out in the cold and he... Yeah, and he cuts open a wampa, yes. Yeah. I don't suspect a T-Rex would climb into a wampa, do you? (laughs) (laughs) No. No, I I would find that dubious. But... (laughs) um, I love the old Star Wars, by the way. Right. I, yeah. I I don't know. But just because I don't know doesn't mean that there's not an answer. Like uh, like I said before, I'm not a biologist. Right. Uh, I, I don't study I, bi- I don't study biology. I understand that. I'm just trying to understand why it is that some people endorse some of these ideas. And I think that you've got given a lot of interesting reasons why. I'm just asking you why you do just like when some people ask questions on why do you believe in this why do you think this way what's your views on it i find you to be a very interesting captivating person or i wouldn't bother asking all this stuff you seem pretty smart to me but do you mind if i take a moment to use the restroom i'll be right back no worries we are being streamed live so if you want to talk about anything or throw out anything while i'm away go for it all right okay be right back. I don't know if anybody is watching, but if you are watching, you should come into Brett Keen's Discord and join in on this conversation.
doesn't look like anybody's talking there's a little bit of dead air time there no well, let me get on my headphones are you still there i hear you tapping are you still there blue ninja blue ninja oh sorry i forgot i had my discord muted so oh, no um, worries did you invite somebody called grumpy in I did. All right. Is Grumpy cool? Yeah, I enjoy Grumpy. All right. All right, Grumpy, come on in. Talk to me a little bit. You have to click on your name, and then at the top, it'll it'll pop up to say join. Well, I put invite might speak. Yeah, it takes a second sometimes. Ah, that's fair enough. So why, uh, why do you have... Um, I mean, I know that you said that you don't care about the origin of life and all this. Uh, so much uh, you don't really care about the concept of a god then why have you um, it's obvious that you've educated yourself on what uh, you believe uh, science is telling you why do you uh, not look into other avenues I mean Darwin himself you said he was wrong about a lot of things but you also said you could completely comprehend rationally why he would believe uh, in his time period that a god did it for do you uh, feel as though there's been something said in evolution or abiogenesis that somehow makes God incompatible in the process? Uh, well, at least the Abrahamic religions, yes. Um, I mean, I have I've read the Bible, I've read the Quran, including the the Hadith. Um, I've never read the Torah, but the Torah is basically just the Old Testament. So, um, and based on the explanations of creation in the Bible and the Torah, or not the Torah, the, the Quran, it would be totally incompatible with uh, evolution and abiogenesis. But abiogenesis is, mm, I, I hold less stock in abiogenesis than I do evolution because it's we don't know sort of deal. Okay. We have an idea, but it we have no idea. All right. But do you believe that there's a possibility that a higher power or some kind of life form could have actually started all this process? Sure, absolutely. But if if there is a higher power that started it, then it would be a non-interventional god. Why would you say that for? Uh, because, <laughs> I mean, there there is no evidence of God around us. It would be it, it would be a deal of where he or it simply created the universe, created the mechanisms for which things can happen, and then just kind of let them go and kind of do their own thing. Well, how do you explain that millions of people throughout the dawn of time have claimed to have interactions? The Bible is filled with people like this, the Quran, obviously. And even sure. in our modern day, we have millions of people who claim that God uh, gave them experiences, manifestations, changed their lives, did all these things. Um, I mean, there are there are people that claim that they have seen uh, aliens and ghosts and uh, Bigfoot and stuff like that. But I don't hold stock in any of that. I've met atheists just who be, actually just, believe they've seen uh, ghosts and all that before. I got a friend that's on a 
Facebook who's an atheist hardcore, doesn't have any belief in God whatsoever, but right. believes that they had a supernatural experience where they seen a, a, a ghost of uh, a family member. I also got this other guy who's really heavy into science. I'm not going to mention his name unless he wants to come in here and tell the story himself. I, I don't want to associate him and get him into all kinds of heat with his atheist brethren. <laughs> Because they tend to be mean to each other on this kind of stuff, but he said that he seen um, he seen a visual of his uh, grandmother after she passed away. Um, I feel like a more, I oh, okay. I feel like a more reasonable explanation would be that he simply uh, hallucinated or you know uh, saw something that he didn't see. Um, it, it's Occam's razor. It's the simplest explanation is usually the correct explanation. And I feel as though it is way more likely that he simply saw something that he didn't see or hallucinated something than he actually saw a ghost. Hmm. What do you think happens to you whenever you die? Uh, would you like what I would like to happen or what I actually believe would happen? Well, you can or tell both. me about both. I mean, we're having a conversation. We are live streaming. I'd like to hear what you would want, what you wish would happen. And I'd like you to tell me what you actually factually think happens. Go for it. Uh, what I actually think happens is nothing. I think when you die, you are dead and you return to the void. Um, do you recall... Do you recall any moment or anything before you were born? No. I, that's exactly how I feel it is when you die. But you also know that there are people that are living now, whenever their brains are affected, there's people with Alzheimer's. But this doesn't mean that a lot of things beforehand happen throughout their entire life. Just because you can't remember what may have happened before or pre-existence doesn't necessarily mean something didn't happen. Um, I mean, typically, <laughs> I don't even know how to answer that. I mean, typically when there is no consciousness, you don't have anything to experience. So you would have no form of memory. So, I mean, do I, you, I, do you know who Rick Jarvis is? No. He's a hardcore atheist comedian, little short British guy, short black hair. Maybe okay. if you typed him in, you'd be able to see him. He uh, wrote a show for Netflix recently where he plays the main guy, obviously. And he visits his father in a like a nursing home every day. And his father has Alzheimer's. And his father even forgets, sadly, that from time to time that he's even his son anymore. Okay, but even though he can't remember this, it doesn't take away from the fact that there were experiences he had that he actually raised his son, this atheist comedian, that he was there this man's entire life. Just because he can't remember it or doesn't have the capacity at this point to recall what he did before doesn't mean all of a sudden those experiences never happened, correct? Right. So by asking me, do you remember what happened before you were alive, which I think is a typical Mark Twain quote, isn't it? I don't recall uh, what happened before. Possibly. I don't know. <laughs> I've, I've never read any Mark Twain. 
Well, Mark Twain said, I don't suppose death will be any different than before I was born because, you know, I, I can't recall any pain or suffering beforehand. So therefore, I suspect death will be the same as whenever before I was born. And the problem with that, even though it sounds ingenious and it's very poetic, is, well, we, based upon our capacity and the way our our bodies work, we could very well, while we're actually alive, find ourselves in a state where we don't remember the existence or things that we did before, no matter how great, wonderful, or terrible. It's just the way sure. it is. But as far as you dying and going into a void, isn't your body a part of the universe? Aren't you constructed, even if... You don't believe God did it. You still believe you're part of the universe. So your properties oh, abs- go into that. Absolutely. Right? Uh, I mean, like all of my, all of the chemicals that I made out of all of my atoms and molecules will be returned to the earth, and you know, in a sense, the universe. I mean, I am part of the universe, like you said. Mm-hmm. So absolutely, I believe that I will be returned to the universe. Do you uh, believe what Carl Sagan says when he says we are children of stardust? Oh, absolutely. Why do you think it is, because you said earlier that you've read the Quran as well as the Bible, you realize that God didn't just, according to the Bible, just say, Habakajabba, like David Copperfield, our magician, and, you know, woo-woo into existence. It says that God actually used the materials of the earth, the dust itself, in order to create mankind. Why do you, how do you why do you think it is that if this was an invented story, how did uh why didn't it just say we came out of the ass of the monkey or something? Why dust or the materials of the earth? Well, well, stardust is a, I mean, it it is, it is a simple way of putting it. And when he says stardust, what he means is the elements and. Uh, chemicals that are created when stars explode in supernovas or when two, um, uh, oh my God, what is the name of them? Um, neutron stars. When two neutron stars collide, they collide into what is known as a kilonova explosion. And those can create elements. And when stars explode, they can create elements. And that is what he means by stardust. Is right. he, he is referring to the chemicals that are created when stars explode right, or collide. And then the materials, of course, could possibly land on our Earth, which is one of the reasons why we have materials, dust, and some of the fine metals we have, right? No, no, no. Like, that is quite literally why the Earth exists and why we have things like platinum and gold and iron and stuff like that is because these superheated reactions happened and explode with massive amounts of energy and created these elements. Without stars doing that, we wouldn't have a planet. Mm -hmm. But you agree with me that we haven't actually observed anything sentient come out of these uh, exploding stars and all these issues out here. But strangely enough, primitive men actually conceived this concept that an all-powerful deity actually used the materials of the earth and the dust that we speak of in order to make us. Don't you find that just a, I mean, is it, does that make your spidey senses tingle just a little bit? Or is it like, ah, it's just a coincidence. Like, good guess, you know? How do you see it? I, I, I think it's allegorical. Okay. Um, but I would like to tell you what I would really like. 
like my my perfect afterlife would be and i've actually written about it it quite extensively you wrote about it yes you got a book uh, i have uh currently in the works yes well i'd love to read it whenever it comes out go ahead tell me about it uh, so my my perfect uh afterlife is what i refer to as the phoenix library mm-hmm. okay and it is a library of every piece of information that has ever been or could ever be known. And you get to spend eternity learning about how things happen, how, you know, um, how the universe came into existence. You know, if there is a God, how he came into existence or it came into existence. Um, literally any piece of information that has ever could ever, or would ever be known, uh, you would get to learn about. And that would be my perfect afterlife is spending eternity learning about the universe that I was a part of. Well, that sounds absolutely beautiful. Now you do believe that if, uh, from what you've read on, and I understand you have issue with biblical deity and all that, but it seems as though that's exactly pretty much what would happen. You would be able to receive information you would have a glorified body where you would be able to find out a great deal of things that you want to know about. Well, it would be more of, it's not a literal library. Um, it, it's, it's allegorical in the sense of, you know, just trying to get you to, to picture a, a library, but it's more of a, a spiritual thing of where you are one with the universe and you can, pull information from the universe itself and actually learn about it. It's not a literal place. Ah. It is more of a state of being. You, you essentially become the universe and you, you are allowed to peruse the infinite amount of knowledge that the universe has. That's pretty uh, celestial, man. That's pretty awesome sounding. Let's see. We got your buddy grumpy in here. Finally, the, uh, I guess the delay went away and they're with us. We want to say uh, hi she, to them. She just said that she was listening. Hello, Grumpy. Hello. How are you? How are you today? I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Really nice listening to you guys talk. What is what is your perfect afterlife, Grumpy? Um, One where I don't have to fucking stress or think. That'd be nice, which I think is the one I'm going to get. So you can just chill? Yeah. Or just, yeah. How about you, Brett? What is, what would be like... Aside from your religiosity, if you if you came to God and God was like, "What do you want? What is your what do you want your afterlife to be? Explain it to me. What would be your perfect afterlife?" Well, I'm a pretty simple guy. There's a lot of fantastic uh, concepts that are claimed to be given to me in heaven, and I know this will come off weird, being that I'm a Christian. But the only thing I really want. Uh, when it comes down to it is, of course, I'm like a human being for myself. I would want some entertainment, something to keep me from going nuts, from being a timeless, eternal soul. But the thing that I think that would keep me together is having my wife with me and my children and all that. As long as I've got that and a decent MMO to play every once in a while (laughs) and a couple Netflix shows, I think I'm good to go. Very simple man, right? Right on. That's that's very simple, and I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. All right, I got a I got another question for you, and this is, this is going way off topic. Okay, mm-hmm. you get you get three wishes. Okay, 
and there are limitations to those this these wishes. One, you can't wish for more wishes. Oh, and oh yeah, I know. And two, you can't wish to be God. So you can't wish to be omnipresent or omnipotent or omnipotent. I wouldn't. What are your be, three wishes? I wouldn't want to I be know, a God. Saying. What would be the three wishes? Um, I guess one of them would most likely be that uh, mankind use the resources and the abilities that God gave us to actually love each other right and actually help each other in this world. I see people on both sides of the aisles, religious as well as non-believer and people of other faiths, where they have all the resources in the world to help the homeless, help out the sick and people out there hurting. And for whatever reason, they just simply, it seems like a, a minority of people on both sides do all the work. And then the other people just kind of become complacent, if, if that's the word, where they just don't give okay. a damn anymore. So I want that. I'd want apathetic. Yes. More sympathy and love from the human race. Uh, as you can see, I'm a very simple man, so I don't need to be like super wealthy or anything like that. I just, I want to be content where I don't have to worry about bills. I don't have okay. to have a billion dollars, but I'm so tired of bills and telemarketers and all this. I would be very interested in not hearing another damn one of them ever again. Um, find a different job for them, I guess. <clears throat> Let's see. Oh, goodness. I, I don't know what I would go with on the third one. Hmm. I don't want to make any wishes where it forces people to do things that are against their free will or their choice to live the way they want right. to. Uh, well, can I, am I allowed to like hold off on it and put some contemplation into it? I know some people sure. think they got it all figured out, but I like to think about stuff before I make a decision or commitment on it. Besides, I might get the Robin Williams genie and then he'll play tricks on me, right? You guys still there? Hello? Is... Hello? Are you guys laughing at what I said? No, no, we're still here. <laughs> what about Grumpy? What would Grumpy like? It sounds like Grumpy, one of their wishes be like, get me out of the stress and anxiety. Right. <laughs> what would your three wishes be, Grumpy? That's a good question. I don't know. I guess my no. first wish would be, yeah, no more stress in my life. Everything right. that stresses me in my life would be gone. Okay. My second wish would be world domination. World domination. Okay. <laughs> I can appreciate that. <laughs> I just want to know what it's like. I'm going to be a good ruler. It'll be very strict, but very good. <laughs> our, economy, our economy will boom. <laughs> and then I'll give that up. And world peace finally will happen. Hopefully. Word. Due to my actions of being world dominator. And so, so you just fuck everything up for a while. And then you're like, okay, now everybody's cool. Yeah, everybody's cool now. <laughs> We're all good now. We're world peace. <laughs> I can appreciate it. We're that. all one nation. <laughs> what would the consequences be for people who don't want to behave themselves or do what they're supposed to do? I tell them just to wait. Just wait. Just wait. And then everybody would just be waiting. Out. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, when I'm saying bad people, I'm talking about like... Uh, cannibals murderers rapists and all this obviously something's got to be done about them or do you think we should just stick with the system we got throw them in a hole and throw away the key no or... no no we'll re-educate them we'll be fine 
That sounds like if, a very uh, optimistic future. I'm listening. Go ahead. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely, am an advocate for rehabilitation. I feel like if you're a cannibal, we can definitely reeducate you for sure. <laughs> Stop eating people. Stop it. Stop it. Uh, I ha- I have thought about that for a, for a long time, and it, if I ever like lost my leg or my arm or something, I would really want it so that I could eat it. Is that weird? Why would you want to eat Nothing your own leg? Up. Well, oh, 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 all right, all right. I'll explain. I'll explain. So, because it, it, it's such a taboo thing, like you're not supposed to eat human flesh. Obviously, it, it, it's a very taboo thing. Mm-hmm. But is it really that bad if you're eating your own body? Because with cannibalism, it's like, oh, you're taking the life of another person to consume them. But what if it's you? Hmm. Is, is that so just wrong? signs of a deeper problem? Is it? If you are that willing to eat yourself, yes. Well, no, no, I'm not saying like, oh, I'm going to cut off my arm and eat it. But if by some accident I lost a limb, I would want it so that I could taste what people taste like and be like, hmm, if you were given a specific scenario where you were lost on an island and for some reason when you woke up stranded, your arm was non- no longer attached to yourself and you're hungry, I would eat it. Yes, that'd be okay. I'd eat my own arm too. And like, yes. I'd probably be psychologically damaged, but I'd do it. I don't think I'd be interested in stuff, but uh, you both sound like you're younger, so maybe there's fresher meat there or something. But no, I don't know if I'd be interested in eating my own leg. i got some pretty decent-sized <laughs> hefty legs as well, but I don't know. Um, if you're interested in seeing what humans taste like, why don't you just stick your thumb in your mouth or something and go, well, I mean, because, you know, it's different. Like, you know, if I, if, you know, I could stick my thumb in my mouth and, you know, chew on it for a little bit, but you're not, you're not getting the meat, you know, like muscle tissue. Hmm. That's what I call disturbing. Yeah, well, you know, I'm not saying I'm going to run out and eat somebody. I'm just saying like. If I had the opportunity and it was safe and, you know, it was my own body and stuff like that, then, yeah, I would try it. And I don't think that that's, that's necessarily bad. Let's redirect this, this uh, line of thinking a little bit. Would you be willing to eat dog? Dog meat? Dog? Yeah. You said you're willing to eat yourself. You're willing to eat human flesh. Would you eat dog meat? It sounds like his audio is not coming through. Can you hear me? Now I can. So she's wondering if you're going to eat a, you know, a dog or something. Eat dog. I mean, it, it would depend. Like, I'm not going to go out and kill a dog to eat it. But if dog was presented to me as like, hey, you know, this dog is already dead. And, you know, here's some of its meat cooked already. Yeah, I'd try it. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. I mean, it, honestly, it would probably be worse not to eat it because then that dog's uh, body and flesh are going to waste. Hmm. And I feel as if that's disrespectful to the animal. I can understand that. And besides, humanity's already eaten animals anyway. What's the difference? Exactly. Yeah, so what is the difference between eating a cow and eating a dog? I feel like for me, I'd like to try dog meat, but it would have to be, like, very circumstantial and, like, it's humanely... Mainly done. I don't want it. Wait, wait. Like you're saying, was like somebody's pet. The only the only reason that people have a uh, a reaction to eating dog is because we have established dogs as like a part of our lives. Like you know, it's man's best friend, Mm -hmm. and and it's an emotional attachment that is freaks people out. I feel like there's more. We could also argue from like a morality stance as human beings. We have fucked with dogs genetically. 
in the sense of that. Like, because they're so akin to us, they're quote-unquote man's best friend, that's due to our influence. No, so absolutely. maybe we have a responsibility to not eat them because we fucked with them so much. But, I mean, we've done the same thing with uh like bananas and a lot of our vegetables sentient cows well i mean we've definitely bred cows i mean cows wouldn't be able to survive without us how different are cows now from like 200 years ago exceedingly different i don't know man they are because you know two three four five hundred years ago they would you know there were wild cattle there aren't wild cattle anymore i'm sorry that we're like taking up the entire show no, i'm listening to you um i i'm curious though why this uh i i got a little sad when she said dog meat because i have a companion in fallout 4 called dog meat so it's dog like meat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was that is what i was thinking of in my head when i said said it but <laughs> i meant yeah you know why the fascination i i get the whole dog thing because there's plenty of movies out there where somebody's got to survive and five fools got to go, right? But sure, the leg sure, sure. thing, why, why, I, why is it such an interest to try out your own leg for? I think it's, I think it's more of just like the taboo that's behind it because as society, we have deemed that cannibalism is bad, and for good reason. Like cannibalism is bad because it, you know, you're murdering people. It's not beneficial to our species to do that. So I, I think it's really the the taboo that's around it because I don't really see consuming your own body part as immoral in any way, in any kind of like social or uh, ethical way. Um, I mean, it, it is a part of me. I own that. So I should be able to do with it what I want. Let me ask you a moral question, if you don't mind, because you come up with really interesting responses. Love to hear what you think, too, there, Grumpy. This is an odd question, but it is something I've asked people to see where they're at on a moral level. Not to say that however you answer is going to make you like a bad guy or a vampire or something, but here it goes. So you go uh, to this place where there's a lawyer who's filling out a will, uh, apparently a relative or person that you care about. Think of a person that you really, really care about, like the number one priority person in your life has sadly, unfortunately passed away. When you go to hear what you inherited from them, you find out that the only way that you and your family is going to get anything if they fulfill, you fulfill their last request. And their request is to have their body donated to a gang of necrophiliacs. And for those out there that don't know, necrophiliacs are people who make love to corpses. Right. Would you do that? Yes, yes. Would you fulfill the last wish out of this person? Whether it's your I mom, mean, dad, brother, sister. I whatever. would have to get their their honest consent to this act while they were living. Like, I can't yeah. receive it in writing because I won't that believe they wrote it. I would need was, to hear them tell me, I want this done with, uh, upon my death. That would this be is what I want done. Yeah, that would be that would be a major thing of, like, th- this has to be something that is uh, expressed, um, you know, while they're alive. But I would do it, but not because... Not because I'm going to get anything out of it, but just because if that's truly what they want, who am I to stand in their way? Yeah, as long as they're consenting to this act and this is what they truly want as their last depart. Like, there's a lot of different rituals and a lot of different religions of different ways. This is no different to me. Like, this is this person's unique way of wanting to part from this world. I I have a very similar thing 
Uh, mm, I mean, really? not on that level, but <laughs> okay. we, we can get into that later. But but yeah, I, if if that's truly what they want, then I, I it would be difficult, especially if it was like somebody like my mom or something. But yeah, if obviously, truly, if that's truly what she wanted done, then yeah, I would have, I I, I would feel obligated to fulfill that. Okay. So, I mean, obviously, the hypothetical is you know for a fact the person has told you all this kind of stuff. Whatever you need in order to assure you this is what they want, you'd go for it. Sure. If that's their dying wish, yes. Okay. All right, may I ask you one more moral question? Okay. Okay, let's say for whatever reason... Uh, you and Grumpy, you're walking around in the mall. All right. Do you guys like the mall? Is that a good place to do the hypothetical? Sure. We've done that. Okay. Yeah, I've done that plenty of times. Okay, cool. So you guys know each other in real life. That's even more awesome. So you both we have are, met in real life, yes. So you both are walking through the mall and you uh, walk around the side and you hear a gunshot go off. And uh, it turns out that someone has been shot. The person who shot them runs away. You can see that they've disappeared off into the distance. And you find yourself standing over the body of someone that has been shot. This person is not dead yet, though. But you can tell that they're going to die before you even manage to be able to get an ambulance there to help them. Now, they ask you to pray to Jesus Christ for them. Would you do this or would you tell them, I'm sorry, but you are about to go into the void, my friend? No, I would obviously do that for them. Because yeah, of course I would. It, it, it's not dying about, wish. Yeah, it's not even about like their dying wish. It's it, it's about the comfort of you know the, this person is obviously scared, obviously hurt, and if this is something that is going to comfort them and allow them to pass easy, then that is something that I would absolutely be willing to do. And I feel as though if you wouldn't be willing to do that, then you would be a selfish asshole. Yeah, you'd be a sick human being if you didn't want to yeah. see the fucking dying person like, and whatever they want. Even, mm-hmm. even, even if I didn't believe what it w- is that they wanted me to pray and you know pray to Jesus and stuff like that, yeah, of course I would do that. I'm gonna take the, the question to a more unusual spot for you. Are, are you guys ready? You sh- like these hypotheticals, sure. by the way? They're not boring, you. Sure. No, no, they're not boring. So. You uh, you find out that there's a bunch of non-believers who do YouTube videos on social media. You both know this is true, right? This is something that actually happens sure. every day. So sure. you discover that sometimes, from time to time, a couple times a week, children who are dying from cancer are watching videos where people are telling them that there is no God, there's nothing to have hope for, when you die, it's simply over. Do you think that that is morally right to do, knowing that children may be listening to the whole conversation? I'm I'm sorry. Can you say that one more time? If you've got it to where children who are dying from cancer or some kind of fatal disease, do you think it's morally right to speak of there being no hope and no God in social media when you know that children might actually be watching? And it doesn't have to be you, just any person out there that lacks a belief in gods who feels the need I to mean, say this over and over on video or in audio. I mean, if it comes to children, that is entirely upon the parents for letting them have access to that type of stuff. I like, agree. that is the parents' responsibility, and that's the negligence of said parents. Right. I, I mean, like, if if the the parents don't want their children seeing that kind of information, then 
you know, they have no business watching it. I, I don't hold um, the people making the content at fault for, uh, you know, spouting their, their views and their beliefs. Um, I mean, it would be the same thing as like you have a Christian child that is sick and there are Muslims out there saying that uh, Christianity is wrong. I mean, it, it, it would be the exact same thing. Right. I, I, I agree with you. I'm just listening to your response and your point of view on it. And I also right, right. agree that it's absolutely the parents' responsibility to make sure their children isn't watching things that they don't want their children to see. But Especially I think, if they're in the hospital. Like, if they're dying, like, why would you expose your child to something like that? Right. Well, right. you guys know just as well as I that children nowadays, for whatever reason, parents seem to think they need to give their kids these phones, and these kids are just looking all over the place, and... I guess people, they, uh, when the difference between a phone and a computer, they don't see the phone is as dangerous. But we both know that people can get hurt just as easily through social of media course. as they would if they were shot outside of the mall, right? I'm actually very, I'm actually very close. I mean, I'm only 25 years old and I don't have children, but I am close to somebody that has three young children and, uh, they, they very much take technology, um, for granted. Um, and I don't think they fully understand the ramifications that can come about from having technology and being on social media and stuff like that. So, no, I, I totally understand your point. You uh, you stated that you would just go out and say to something because, OK, this is kind of odd for me a little bit because I take you as a very kind, compassionate person who wants to be straight up honest with people. Do I got you wrong on that? No, that, I would say that that's accurate. Now, you know that death for a person as well as a birth is a very, very important. It's a big thing. This is when this person is passing on. Are you sure you wouldn't just want to tell them what you perceive as the truth and say, I'm sorry, I think you're you're done, that this is it? Why not just say I mean, that? Why bother comforting them? It's not like their ghost is going to come back and say, hey, you bastard. I'm going to haunt you You're now. respecting right? the human being. Right. It's like human being to human being, you want to respect them regardless of your differences, especially on that vital moment that all of us will eventually share our sure. dying day, like the day we die. Like, it's yeah. that level of connection of, like, this another human being to another human being. Like, I will not disrespect you. Yeah, I, would, I wouldn't want that done to myself. Yeah, I would say it's about um, empathy. Like, if if I was in their shoes, um, then that is what I would want. Even even if I know that this person doesn't believe, um, I I would still want them to, you know, to to comfort me in my time of passing. Um, yeah, it, I mean, it's all about empathy. What if someone seen that you were sick and that you were going to die or that you were shot and they wanted to pray for you and they wanted you to be in eternity? It, it, and that's that's fine as well. Like if if they if they want to pray for me, then that's fine. If it makes them feel better, that's fine. I mean, I'm not going to take it to heart because I don't believe that, but I would be OK with that. It wouldn't necessarily bother me. Do you both believe in yeah. the possibility of God? The possibility um, of God? Mm -hmm. Sure. What about you? I'm going to say a hard no on that. I don't think. 
There is. Not even a possibility? I'm not I'm not saying that yeah or nay, I'm saying a possibility. I I would say that there is definitely a possibility. Um I don't think that it's likely, but I'm I I have no information to 100% say that there is no possibility. So I can't make that claim. I can't make the claim that no, absolutely not. There is no po- there's no possible way. Remember what so they sure. say on Star Wars, right? Only a Sith deals in absolute, sure. right? Yeah, and I, I would say, and Grumpy, I'm sorry to kind of throw you under the bus here, but I, I feel as though that that your opinion on that is uh, it is actually kind of ignorant because there there is no way that you could possibly know. I was gonna um, correct myself on my statement. I do not think there's a possibility that there's a god. Solely based off, there is no evidence forthwith for the evidence of there being a possibly an evidence for okay. God. So until I see evidence, like legitimate real ed- evidence for the possibility of any God, I can't say there is. But what about like what it. about like a non-interventional God, like a deistic God? I just I can't put myself to say there's a possibility for something. There's no perceivable possible explanation sure. or evidence well, for. i mean uh, b- belief is different than like accepting that there is uh, a possibility like yeah, it's belief without know, evidence if, belief, if I, faith, that's what faith is if i roll you know um a thousand die there is a possibility that every single one of those die is going to land on a one now is that likely no but it is possible like I said, it's just evidence. I just need evidence. Well, let's. Okay. Uh, can we try something real quick just to see what you guys think? And you guys can be as as rough as you want with me. I'm not over here with like kid gloves or something like that. So, my my question for you is this: Do you believe that your bodies are made up of energy produced by the universe? Yes or no? And if you want to elaborate, you can. Um, I'll I'll go first, Grumpy. I'm sorry. Um, no, I don't believe that my body is made up of energy from the universe. I believe that I am made up of things created by the universe, but energy doesn't really make a whole lot of sense because I don't really understand the context that you're, that that you're trying to ascribe to energy. Um, well, I did, I I did a video not too long ago, uh, looking into what is involved in order for us to exist and be conscious and all this. And I have discovered tons and tons of science sites where it says that a lot of our body is made up of energy and processes. And I think that you guys, Oh, oh, okay. Okay. Right. Does that make sense? Okay. I mean, yes. Then if that's what you're referring to, then yes. Like I believe that like uh, for us to exist. Yeah there is a energy quote unquote, which is like your neurons firing there. There are electrical pulses that are going through our body that, that allow us to have consciousness. One of my friends is actually a neuroscientist um, and he studies um, memory development. And I'm I'm not going to go into that, but um, I've had a lot of conversations with him of him explaining what we actually know about consciousness. And it's really interesting because we don't know a whole lot about consciousness. But 
from what we do know, it is simply um, electrical impulses in the brain and the neurons that allow us to perceive and have an understanding of the world around us. And it, it's, it's really weird. Blue Ninja, I feel a little sad that I didn't point this out earlier, but did you inform Grumpy that this uh, this conversation will end up on a radio as well as on YouTube? I, I don't like to surprise people. I invite people from my YouTube channel so they know they're being recorded, but is that okay with you, Grumpy? It doesn't bother you? Oh, yeah. I had a, I had a feeling about that. Okay. Yeah. He didn't tell me directly, but I, I presumed given the situation of the layout, that this was something different. <laughs> okay. Just making sure. I, I don't want anybody coming in going, huh? What? I'm going to be on the radio? <laughs> right, right, right. So right. I, I don't want to embarrass or screw with anybody's privacy or anything like that. And also, I don't want anybody sharing anything that they think may, uh, I guess, get them in trouble in real life. Does that make sense? Right. Of course, of course. Okay. All right, so... You believe that it's possible that a, a consciousness, mind, and all this, um, all this abilities that you have is able to be produced through energy, and we are also like a uh, an energy source ourselves. So why would it be difficult, Grumpy, if you don't mind me asking, for you to believe that there are other superior energy sources out there, such as uh, aliens or maybe traces of um, a human body that some might refer to as a supernatural incident ghost spirit or even that of a powerful entity that knows how to transform matter why why would this be difficult for there needs to be an explanation there needs to be a like a conducive like conclusion to like why or explanation i should say to why that happened and like be able to replicate those things and there's no evidence for any of those things that you listed that you that we can do to recreate those things. Like we can't recreate UFO sightings. We can't even find out what they are, like I, if they are anything. Again, I am going to throw you under the bus here, Grumpy. <laughs> but I am well aware that you do uh, subscribe to the UFO um, theories entertained by them i've never lied about that i'm very intrigued and interested in like sightings and whatever but does not mean that i believe that those are legitimate sightings i am just intrigued by them okay like i need actual evidence to like legitimately prove that it's something that is beyond our comprehension or like beyond this world like our making you know well i got good news for you grumpy uh me and blue ninja we were exploring science earlier and we may have uh established that octopus and squid are aliens right blue ninja uh i am skeptical of that claim but we did discuss that <laughs> have you heard about that grumpy some scientists are I... theorizing that squid and octopus rode on a comet slammed into the earth at how fast ever the, uh, the comet was going and somehow man i've heard to, that uh, before you've heard that I go. think I've heard that theory before. I don't think I subscribe to that theory. Um, I feel like evolution is extremely complex, and octopus are just particularly unique in that subject and in that category. Mm -hmm. Does not mean that they are some otherworldly thing. They're definitely from here, and they live here, and they've adapted to live here. Do you do you believe Brett in the possibility of alien li alien life? I do. 
I do. Okay. I believe that God himself, as well as the concept of angels, could actually be defined very clearly, fit like a glove, as a, an alien. Okay. You ever heard of the Drake Equation? I've heard of it, but you'll have to, like, reestablish what it's about. I've heard of uh, it. I remember it, the label, but not... It, it, it's basically an equation that... It, it 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 seeks to um figure out based on how many how many stars are in a galaxy how many planets orbit that or that star how many planets would be in the orbital zone of the likelihood in each galaxy for there to be intelligent life not just life but intelligent life and if you plug it into our milky way galaxy um, I think the number comes out to like 30,000 possibilities for alien life, intelligent alien life. So there's a very high possibility that there's other life forms out there. This universe Correct. is unbelievably now, huge. Now, this is also just a a mathematical equation. It, it doesn't seek to prove anything. It's more of a uh, like a concept like if if there are this number of planets within the habitable habitable zone of stars that are like ours then in theory there could be this amount of intelligent life okay and it's a very interesting equation you are doing a vapor over there uh yes i've been thinking about trying to get one of those i tried a long time ago and I got these big old uh, ham-like uh, hands. I end up breaking things that are really fragile. Do they make stronger I... mechanisms for that? Yeah, they do. I, I need to quit, though. Like, I quit for a while, and then work and life kind of stressed me out, and I'm like, fuck. And I just started doing it again. But, yeah, I need to quit again. So whenever it comes to, I, I hear you there, and I hear them things sometimes magically explode in people's faces like a crack pipe, so try to watch out for that. Oh, for sure. Now, you guys believe in the possibility. Uh, Grumpy, you obviously have heard Blue Ninja. He says there's a damn fine possibility. If we're here and the universe has all these planets, stars, and arrangements, then there's most likely uh, definitely aliens out there. Hell, there might be some walking around with us right now. I might be one. I mean, just because there's the possibility. Or tear. (laughs) I mean, there are many theories about alien life existing out in space. And even though there's that statistic, there's a lot of varying possibilities that can come with that statistic. Like, for example, just because that's the rate of possibility of alien life or other sentient intelligent life existing does not mean that they existed way beyond our time of existing. Like, perhaps when life happens or intelligent life arises, it does only exist for a certain amount of time before it dies off like any other thing. Like, evolution and life on planets, like, ours are limited like until we can invent space travel and the ability to go to different planets which we don't know if that's even a legitimate possibility yet yeah but Uh, the universe is said to be like uh, what is it trillions of years at this point and uh, uh, we've only been around like a few billion years if something's been around longer than that and it survived you know what i mean the age of the universe is 13.8 billion years old So, you know, Stephen Hawking, you guys both ever listen to Stephen Hawking? 
I've read two of his books, yes. He uh, heard of him, yes. A lot of articles mm-hmm. out there where he said that we need to figure out how to get off this planet, obviously for survival, but he was also extremely concerned that we would end up running into some kind of alien empire or galactic uh, type of war machine or something where we could be enslaved oh, absolutely. or killed. So, that, that would be totally possible. What do you think, Grumpy? You think that we might get turned into like a... You know, human slaves cleaning up, you know, alien poop in the janitorial section or something. It's it's a varying possibility. I mean, maybe it's a good thing that we have not come across any alien life, at least alien life that wants us to know it's here. Because I right. believe if it's intelligent to cross, travel across intergalactic space or come to our solar system and just visit that they probably could very easily hide from us. You ever heard of the, um, uh, the civilization types, either one of you? Yes. Type one, type two, and type three civilizations. I'm well, aware. There's more than just three types. I know. Are, I know. are you familiar with this? Well, I was going to ask if you can give me a moment. I got to use the restroom, but I hope that you guys continue a conversation because I'm not turning it off. It's going to be live streaming still. Yeah, that's fine. All right. Let me go ahead and mute my mic. You guys rock and roll. I'll be right back. All right. So, uh, so grumpy. So a there, you know, there's type one, type two and type three. A type three civilization is obviously a galactic civilization that controls the energy of the entire host galaxy. Um, but there, they've also theorized that there, you know, there are other types beyond this, like type alpha, which are uh, civilizations that control the energy of an entire universe. Oh, I see. Yeah, and it's really crazy because. Like, imagine if we can't, like, one day we just stumbled across a a type alpha civilization. That would be basically God to us. Like, they would be so massive and so powerful. And they would be so far beyond our comprehension that, yeah, we would look at them as God in a very similar way that, you know, if we came across a very primitive species, say, you know, um, our species, you know, 5,000 years ago, if we went back in time and, and looked at our civilization 5,000 years ago, they would, we would look like gods to them. Can you repeat that last bit one more time? I'm sorry. I, I said, if we went back in time, like 5,000 years ago, with all the technology that we have now, mm-hmm. those people would look at us as though we were God. That's 100% true, I believe that. 100%. And it, it, it's just really fascinating to think that what if there is a, a civilization out there that does actively control the entire universe, that, that, has, uh, that has total control over the energy of the entire universe? They, they would be so far beyond our comprehension. You know what I thought of uh, a couple days ago? I was like, what if... Human beings, like the life of a human being, was just like an alien's version of like the sperm reaching the egg. Like our entire human lives is just the sperm reaching the egg of an alien species. I've I've read about something very similar, and it was I I believe it was just like a short like quick comic panel, um, and it was basically like you, when you die, you 
you basically wake up from a really crazy drug trip on like an alien planet and your friends are around you like did you feel anything like how how insane that would be to think that this entire lifetime is you're experiencing an entire lifetime within just like a few minutes in some like alternate universe on an alien planet with some weird alien drugs that'd be messed up it would be crazy it would just be like totally mind-blowing that'd make life very mundane and meaningless very but, fast. But, but you wouldn't know because like in that like okay so if this alien species had like the these crazy drugs like imagine what other technology that they would have like and obviously it would just be like oh that was crazy and then you would you would remember everything from your your normal life as this alien species and you would just continue on living but yeah it's it's kind of crazy to to think about i i i thoroughly enjoyed that uh thought experiment who was that dude that you always talked about that fucking worked at he he worked at um there was a netflix show about him and he was all about aliens and he worked at some kind of secret lab oh bob lazar bob lazar Every time I hear his name, I always think of you. Like, yeah, Bob Lazar. <laughs> He's an interesting man. Uh, I should do more research on him because I really don't know much about him other than what you've told me. Yeah, just I, I think his backstory has some like legitimacy to it, but it's just so what he espouses is quite insane, and I don't know if whether I do think he genuinely believes what he's saying. Oh, yeah. But I don't know if what he believes is true. Sure. Like, you know what I'm saying? Sure, like, sure. I'm sure that maybe he did work at that lab, and then he was working on something, but they could have just lied to his dumb ass and be like, you're a nerdy kid, just do what we want. <laughs> right. I mean, that's totally possible. That's right. Yeah, I should, I should do more research on Bob Lazar. You guys able to hear me? He was definitely working on something he wasn't supposed to talk about, for sure. But he's oh, not- oh, definitely. I have friends that work on things that they're not supposed to talk about. Like, one of my buddies... Yeah, we can hear you, Brett. Okay. Uh, one of my buddies works at the Air Force Base, and he is an aerospace engineer, and he is the head researcher on some kind of new prototype drone. And he is, like, top-secret clearance. He They monitor everything that he does. It, it, it's insane the kind of security detail that he has. Oof. Yeah. So I didn't get to hear what it is that uh, he's trying to keep secret. Who? My friend? Yeah. Oh, I have no idea. He he just works on some, like, uh, new drone. Ah. Yeah. So you guys believe because we have the ability to do like uh, stealthing and all that, that uh, maybe aliens also have that ability too? Uh, for sure. It, I mean, okay, if, if we are able to create it, for sure, something that's alien to our world definitely created it or something like it at some point. All right. But, I got a weird question for you guys. Uh, are you okay. ready? Okay. Yeah, go ahead. If the sky were to open up tomorrow, whenever you wake up in the morning, and um, an entity claiming to be God of the Bible or God of the Abrahamic religions 
were to come down and land on the highest building that there is, like it perches on it, and says, I am going to remain visible to all of mankind forever uh, until the basically the end of humanity, would you be okay with this? And it also I'm... says that no more lawyers or judges. It's going to simply condemn evil and the wrong people out there. Uh, and all that other stuff isn't required anymore because it is uh, all-knowing. Would you be sure. okay? Yeah, absolutely. With that. I'd be okay with that. What about sure, you, why not? It's different. Well, you do realize how much humanity would probably change, right? No, it change. It depend on like you know where that change led. Well, I mean, you you would also, I mean, from from this perspective of like, if we had this all knowing being that descended upon us, like we we would be guided, like we could ask this being like directly, like, hey, what should we do about this? And it would. Well, there's been a lot of um, talk about creating an AI that can do this that, you know, we would no longer have systems of government. We would no longer have a court system because it would, we would just defer to this being or this thing about all of the, uh, the ills in society and with uh, our culture and our culture would change dramatically for the better or worse, depending on if he's malevolent or not. Yeah, but aren't isn't this AI that you speak of, or this uh, ability for this thing to watch out for things, will it also be given the ability to hand out consequences and punishment for those who will simply not behave properly or do the right things? Well, I, well ignoring the AI, that was, that was just like an example that I brought in because it, it's been discussed. But uh, with, with like your God coming down and. Uh, saying, hey, I'm real, you know, I'm here, uh, I will guide thee, um, that would be huge. I mean, obviously, I would have to change my entire perspective on pretty much everything, um, and obviously, I would bow down and worship this being, um, but I would also have a lot of questions for this being, and I hope that I would be able to have an audience with this being so that I could ask it things. Do we have to worship the being? Well, I mean, wor- if it's the if it's the God of the Bible, then yeah. Worship, I mean, but like, worship can is I just like accept a- its existence and all knowingness and just not worship it and just be like doing my own thing as it intended? Well, to be fair, well, a grumpy worship simply means to adhere to or respect. This doesn't right. mean that you're going to okay. have to get on your head five times a day like Muslims or. I, we're talking about my my concept of this, and he's right, read, right. he's read the Bible, so he knows he doesn't have to like hula hoop certain times of the day. But I mean, even 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 if even if he dictated like I want you know every single person to gather around me and hula hoop for three hours on he's each thinking day. That now he's back he's going to do some new things i don't know if i'm going to be cool with doing those new things but even if he did i mean like you, you would be dumb not to he is god but I, i'm what about free will bro I don't wanna... I, I, well, sure, sure. I, I, but and I'm what if I just naturally am defiant and I won't want to do it? Well, then you have fun with that, but I'm going to be joining the Christian. I'm a good person. I'm not going to be a bad person. <laughs> I just maybe don't like... want to go to the gatherings. <laughs> the gatherings. He's like, I'll hula hoop for three hours. Yeah, dude. Whatever, whatever he wants, man, I got you. <laughs> oh, goodness. But you, you, you do understand besides your... Uh, 
and I believe you too. I believe that if uh, if you had that happen, you would uh, have commitment to it. And I can appreciate Grumpy's honesty and how they think that it would limit them or in some of the things they'd like to do for sure. But uh, would you have issue with it if it said, all right, this group of people over here, they're constantly doing, they're thieving, they're raping, they're murdering, and now I'm going to basically pull a Thanos. You know what Thanos is, right? Snap the finger, they're gone. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Is this a problem for you? Are you happy with... Is uh, it, why are the people? Is it the people in the sense of, like, we've found all the pedophiles all on the GPS map, we're going to sneak Thanos them? Or is it, like, this section, this group of people have bad people within them, so we're going to just kill them all? Like, that one is no, no, bad. No, 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 the no, first no. one is okay. No, not just just everybody, but people... Obviously, from the point of a god who logically knows everything that is logically possible, um, it's going to get rid of the people who've actually done the things, not just, you know, some goofy person and stuff who tripped over a banana or something. So it's going to be the people who they would just simply be taken out by a snap of a finger. You don't have any issue with this, either one of you? I kind of I do have an issue with it, actually. Okay. Because uh. then... If they're bad people like murderers, for example, people that have taken other people's lives, I feel like Thanosing them is making that God or our actions to consent to that action of Thanosing them no different than their actions. Like, I want no murder. Because <laughs> uh, murder bad. I have a different feeling about that. Go ahead. Um, and it, it's more of a, like a, why would my opinion even matter? That's also true. Like, he, th this is God. Like, why would he even care how I felt about this? If he wants to do something, he can do something. So, like, it, it is totally irrelevant for me to even answer the question because it's God. He'll do what he wants, and I will accept it regardless. I agree that uh, when it comes down to it, it's God's will is going to be priority over our own. But, it is important to me, at least as a human being, to be able to hear, you know, what would your views be? If you could talk to God, because you do know, you've read the Bible, you know that there's been men in the Bible who had conversations with God sure. who didn't yeah. completely agree with all of his ideas. Like, they didn't like yeah. the idea Abraham. of Sodom and Gomorrah, right? Right. Well, yeah, when Abraham was talking with God about Sodom and Gomorrah, yeah. So obviously God wouldn't have an issue with you or Grumpy saying, uh, I don't know, can we keep some of our murderers maybe, you know? I mean, like, if I could sit down with him and, like, I would talk about, like, hey, you know, okay, what about these people that you're all knowing? Um, what about the people that are murderers, have repented for that murder, have paid for that murder, and... Um, you know, we'll continue to live a, a peaceful life and, you know, do good things. Now the people out there that have malevolous intentions, yeah, get rid of them. That's fine. But the people that may murder in the future, but then repent from that, I, you know, I would obviously talk to him and be like, what about those people? So you are, would want are, God to be like Jesus Christ, where he's capable of redeeming people and forgiving people and giving yeah, chances. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, don't, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think zapping people out of existence would be the, uh, the appropriate solution to that. No, because there's still the problem. It doesn't address the real problem, which right. is why are people killing people? Yeah, like, it, we need it, to address that shit. It's like, it's like deporting all of the Mexicans. 
Like, that's not really going to solve the problem. Mm-hmm. You got to ask them why the fuck they keep coming over. Exactly. You have to address why they're doing this. So as long as God gets rid of the people who are repeat offenders who have no intention of ever trying to take the forgiveness they're given, um, that's okay. It's fine because these people aren't going to stop and you don't want them to hurt your family and loved ones, sure. right? Yeah, that's or fine. hurt anyone because they're no different than my family or loved ones because they have family and loved ones and they would hurt just as much as I would. If so, not more. If not more. So the forgiveness, so the forgiveness and grace of God does work for you guys. And there's a part of me that's like, even that ruthless killer that may not repent or whatever, like he's got family and loved ones that like, regardless of that, may have moments with him that care about him, even though he's a piece of shit. Like those people are still going to hurt. And also I would ask him like, okay, so what's going to happen to these people? Are they going to burn in hell for all of eternity? Because I don't agree with that either. Yeah, um, I, 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 can't, I can't think of a single person that has ever lived that deserves to burn in hell for all of eternity. Like, even Joseph Stalin or Adolf Hitler, people that committed awful atrocities, I don't think that those people deserve to burn in hell for all of eternity. Blue Ninja, we've talked quite a few uh, times in the past. Have I ever, at any of those times, ever told you what my view is on that? You are an annihilationist, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Yeah, correct. So I don't know if Grumpy knows what that is. If not, would you like to? Because you uh, you seem to be very, very good at articulating. You want to explain to Grumpy if they don't know what uh, what that's all about? Yeah, we could use a refresher. So basically, annihilationism is where when you die, God basically just destroys your soul and you cease to exist. There is no afterlife uh, for you. I like that. Uh, instead of burning in hell and being, you know, languishing in the lake of fire, you just cease to exist. That's nice. I like this. There's a catch, though, Blue Ninja. I don't know if we discussed this. Although I believe that the soul and the consciousness of the evildoer will be destroyed, there's nowhere biblically where it tells me how long it takes to wipe somebody's consciousness out of existence. So I don't sure, know sure. if there's a millennium. I don't that know if it takes peaceful. five minutes, but it's over. It's just sure. blank. Um, I mean, have you ever read any of like the apocryphal texts? Yes. Okay, so, so you're familiar with like universal salvation and stuff? Yes. How do you feel about that? I feel like a, a lot of the points are very interesting. Whenever it comes to different religion philosophies, there's a lot of things I... I definitely can see where people are coming from, and I accept some of it, but others a little bit too woo-woo kind of thing, if that makes sense. Okay, right, right, right. But um, if you'd I like to bring up specifics, I'll be more than happy to talk with you. No, I mean, no, that, no, that's fine. Um, I personally like the the apocryphal texts, <laughs> and I wish I, I personally include them in the Bible. Um, I know that fundamentally they're not, but Personally, I include them in the Bible. I like the universal salvation um, because it makes sense. Like, if there is this God, yeah, you're going to be punished for the things that you've done. But there is a there is still a road to salvation. It's like when you put a child in timeout, you don't leave them in timeout for you know ever. You know they learn their lesson and then they get to come and join the group and have fun again. 
Well, un unfortunately, you know just as well as I, um, and that's a beautiful analogy that you give, there are some people, I agree with you and Grumpy, that there's there's people out there that are redeemable, that they can uh, be reinstated into society and are willing to make changes, especially with certain medications and all that and professional help. But there sure. are some people... How does uh, Bruce Wayne's butler, Alfred, say it? Some people just want to see the world watch, burn. Right? Yeah, some men just want to watch the world burn. There you go. So what do we do about men like that? We can't have men going and wanting to have tea with Grumpy every day like that, right? No, obviously not. Hmm. Um, <laughs> I don't even think Grumpy drinks tea yet. I do actually. I'm from the okay. south. I love tea. Alright, you're from the south. You what like do tea? What do you mean? Is it only southern people that drink tea now? I feel like it's southern okay. and British people. That's true. But no, um, I don't know. Like when you talk about saving them, um, those people they they do deserve to be punished people but but it's such a small minority of people out there that truly just want to watch the world burn mm -hmm. um and I, again I, I couldn't think of a single person that deserves to 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 languish in hell for all of eternity um even even the most reprehensible person deserves to be saved and and have some kind of salvation even if they've committed horrible atrocities, even if they are a terrible person, um, even if they do want to just watch the world burn. You know why it is, have I shared with you why it is some of my views are um, object to the Dante's Inferno version of hell and go with annihilationism for? Uh, I don't think so. Well, the Bible, as you probably realize because you've read it, uh, it talks even in the Old Testament about a second death, the death of a soul. I don't know why it is that people are confused about that. It seems to me if the first death is your body and the second death is your soul, that pretty much logically says a person's not exist. Now, there's another issue here, too. The Bible says that those who will be thrown into this form of hell, they are thrown out of the presence of God. Now, how is that logically possible? If God is omnipresent, then no matter where you go, God's going to be there. So the only way this can logically work and not be a paradox or paradigm or even a contradiction, there's only one place you can go where you are out of the presence of an omnipresent deity, and that would be non-existence. Um, can you give me one second? I want to grab my Bible so that I can pull up, because I know exactly what verse you're talking about. Let me, let me grab it real quick. It's weird for him. What did you think about that, Grumpy? Was that neat? That's pretty interesting. Yeah. I'm curious to see what Dalton has to provide. Sure. Uh, Ezekiel chapter 8 verse No, that's not it. Hold on. I'm sorry. Uh, it is Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 4. Behold, all souls are mine. As the soul of the Father, so also the souls of the Son is mine. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. Mm. 
and goodness, I believe man, you're quicker than some Christians that have Bibles over there. Look at you go. Rock and yes, roll. I have studied the Bible, not actively, but um, one of my good friends was a youth minister at a church that like my entire family went to. And I hung out with him for several years and learned a lot. There you go. Um, I don't know the context of this verse, um, but I'm pretty sure he's not literally talking about the death of the soul. I think he's more, it's more of like a representation of your soul being sent to hell. Well, let me give you an example of something, and, and you'll be able to see this very quickly. You remember in the New Testament where Jesus says things like, it is not my wish that anyone, or isn't any wish that anyone perish. Okay. Okay, do you know what the word perish means? Uh, die? Well, if you look up the definition, you can look at, at it if you don't believe me or you want to make sure for yourself, which I totally encourage Perish. that. It means Perish. Suffer death typically in a violent, sudden, or ultimate way. That's what perish says for you? Yes, perish. Suffer death as a verb, it is suffer death typically in a violent, sudden, or ultimate way. Uh, suffer completely ruin or destruction. Mm. Uh, loss in loss its normal quality, rot or decay. There you Perish. Go. So we've got this suffer death typically violent, sudden, or untimely way. I'm not saying that a consciousness being wiped away is going to be fun, right? Never claim right. that. But suffer complete ruin or destruction. To perish is, it would, if I were to tell you right now that if you throw your computer into a furnace or something, it's going to perish. It's not right. going to be functional anymore. There's no information that's going to be saved. None of it's going to continue to exist. It'll be ruined, wrecked, destroyed. Right. So this is where I get the idea. If you look at a lot of passages in the New Testament, it uses words like destroy, everlasting destruction. Okay, so when I think of something that is everlasting destruction, this means that something has been destroyed and God will not repair it or redeem it. It's just over. I heard Grumpy Order be like, yeah, I like that. That's a lot better. <laughs> right? So that is a deal. But the only catch is, is I don't know how long it takes for an eternal soul of this magnitude to be destroyed by God. I don't know the if it's seconds, days, years, a millennium, or anything. So that's the well, only catch. Then how do you... How do you justify versus like versus in Luke or Matthews where they talk about the weeping and gnashing of teeth or uh, they will be thrown into a furnace of fire. Uh, in that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Right. And I... Uh, so I, so how, do you, how do you explain all of the, the, the direct explanations of a, a hell as a furnace or a fire? Well, I would describe it like this, and I hope this doesn't spook anyone out. Are you still with us, Grumpy Pooh, while I explain this? Sam, Sam. Okay, have you two ever went out, whether separate or together, where you go out exploring? I'm going to give a little bit of an analogy to give an idea where I'm going with this. 
you ever yeah. explored like a forest or woods or just went hiking all by yourself or together? Sure. You grumpy? You a hiker? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Love Actually, hiking. yes. I hiked uh, quite Love a few hiking. times a couple of months ago. Okay, so I climbed three mountains last year. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Ooh, three <laughs> mountains. I'm gonna have to ask three you about mountains. that after I get done with the analogy. Uh, but I'll send you some pictures. All right, that sounds awesome. So let's say that you're walking out in a field. You make your way into a forest or a woods type of setting. You get out far enough to where you know you know damn well that you've went so far out that you are away from human civilization. No one can hear you. You continue to go further into the darkness of the woods. You find for yourself, uh, let's just call it a vault door that's on the ground, okay? okay. You open this little, nah, it could be a hatch, whatever. Just think of something that opens up and you're able to climb in. For whatever reason, you decide you're so curious that you want to go down this little ladder into the area and look around. Unfortunately, the moment you get down there, the hatch shuts behind you. And you know it was made of the kind of material that you're simply not going to be able to kick your way out of. You cannot escape. So I believe in this case, for these moments in time before you eventually die from whatever, you are going to suffer. You're going to think, why did I do this? Why did I go through this? You're going to be angry with yourself. You're going to feel regret. Why was I silly enough to do this for? Why did I put myself in a position where I cannot escape and get out and no one will ever hear me? That is the torment that I believe that speaking of internal torment, just as sooner or later you will die and it'll be over. I hope that wasn't creepy or scary, but that's kind of how I would describe it. If that makes sense. Okay. No, that makes sense. You got any questions, Grumpy? I don't want to jump forward unless you have something you need um, to say. No, not particularly. I think my time here, though, is up. I have to go. It's okay, nice Grumpy. Nice it's nice you. talking to you guys. Uh, bye Peace. Yeah, she's cool. I, I hope I didn't her. bother her. I, I know... Mm. I, just right after a creepy story like this, she's like, uh oh, I'm out of here. <laughs> no, I know that she works uh pretty early, so uh and I know that she works like every day, so she's probably just going to bed so that she can go to work tomorrow. Okay. She sounded like, Well, I gotta go. <laughs> oh boy. Well, uh, Mr. Blue, do you have any more questions for me? I asked you a lot of questions earlier. I still have uh, quite a bit of uh, stuff I could ask you if you're interested, but I'm curious if you've I mean, got anything for me. I don't have any, any particular questions. If you've got questions, go ahead. All right. I actually, uh, from time to time, I think about a lot of stuff, obviously, and then I end up uh, writing down a lot of things in a notepad on my uh, on my computer and all that. Can you define what you mean when you speak the word God? Um, God, little G or capital G? I guess we can go with the, uh, the big, big G, the, the big G. Um, when I am referring to God, I am thinking of, it doesn't necessarily have to be the creator of the universe, but definitely an entity or being that put the mechanisms in place for the universe to be created. Um, again, it doesn't have to be all knowing or all powerful, 
but those are typically attributes that are associated with God, so I will go along with those. Okay. Can something cause harm emotionally or physically, but still be considered good with the quality of love? I'm sorry, I don't understand your question. All right, let me try one more time. Can something or someone cause harm emotionally or physically, yet still be considered good with the quality of love? If you want me to give you an example, I can. No, I think I understand what you're referring to. Like you're you're asking, can 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 somebody do something that is harmful, but in a like loving sort of way? Like their their actions are from a uh, a place of love, but their actions are actually like harmful. No, um, that that is interesting. You put that forth. That's definitely something to think about. What I'm asking you is, whatever it is, intentionally or deliberately, will do something horrible that someone will clearly perceive 100% horrible, yet somehow it holds the attribute or quality of love. You want me to give you an example of something? Yeah, yeah give me an example. Okay, so do you get along with your parents? Uh, yeah. Okay, so let's say that one night while you're sleeping, I don't know if you live with them or not, doesn't really matter. The point is that someone that you love is there. They have clearly showed the quality of love to you, right? Okay. Okay, so somebody decides they want to come up to your home with your parents inside, kick in the door. They want to cause harm to you and your family. Your parents obviously do not want that person in, and that person is persistent. They won't stop, and they are carrying a weapon. So your mother or father pulls out a weapon and puts them down like a sick animal. Okay. Just because they have destroyed that person who was trying to hurt them or destroy them, does that take away the quality of love that they have for you? No. Okay. Do you know why I would ask a question like that for? Um, I'm going to assume that you're going to um, attribute that to God, like God destroying people from an annihilation perspective, annihilationist perspective, God destroying uh, wrong or evil people. Mm -hmm. um, That is still from a place of love. It's an interesting way to put it. I can go with it. How do you feel about that, though? Um, I understand I don't know. you don't believe, right, but right. do you see but how that I, could work out? Sure, sure. I, I can definitely see, but I feel as though that is a little different because with, like, from the analogy that you gave, um, like my parents shooting or putting down someone who is a direct threat to them, to me, to whoever's maybe in the household, that is a little different than uh, God destroying um, somebody who is evil. Because when they're dead, they don't really pose any kind of direct threat to God, to anybody that may be in heaven or anything like that. So, no, I, I don't. I don't see that. That is necessarily a. Uh, uh, a direct correlation. 
Well, you know just as well as I from reading the Bible that it states that there was a time where there was a, a figure of the devil and angels who rebelled against God, and apparently God seen them or perceived them as a threat to the rest of the universe and life forms. Uh, obviously, if God wanted to, he could remove their abilities, he could do this, he could do that, but then wouldn't that be a form of destruction as well? See, one of the concerns I have, Blue Ninja, whenever I talk to people who, uh, and you're not doing that, but I've ran into people who question this, why is there evil or why is there suffering and all this? It seems as though every time you get into a discussion like this, God is damned if he do, damned if he don't. If God doesn't do something, then people are like, oh, he's mean. Why does, does he care about us? He's not intervening, yada, yada, yada. And if he does do something, we criticize how he goes about sweeping up the house and cleaning it up. You know what I mean? Right. So whenever you see these passages where it's not just with full destruction, but he wipes out a tribe or a group that he thinks is going to be a threat to humans who are making the effort to try to do good. What's your thoughts on that? Um, I don't particularly agree with it. What would you do? If I was him? Yeah, if you had the power and you knew that there was some, like, let's say that there's a group that is living right over the hill from another group. And one of these groups is trying to do the best they can to respect you, do hula hoops for three hours a day, like what you said you were willing to do. Right. But this other group on the other side, they don't care for God and they don't care for you. And they think that it would be awesome to come over, wipe out your family and take everything that you've worked hard to do. What should God do something or leave it all up to you? If, if I was in his position, mm-hmm. I would have made it to where those people weren't even able to feel that. Okay, so you're talking about pulling a Thanos to snap the finger and bam. No, no, no. I'm talking about creating... I I would have created people that weren't inherently violent or that weren't... um, that, that they didn't want to cause harm to other people, that that thought and that idea wouldn't have even occurred to them. Well, you have read the Bible. You know that God didn't create us inherently evil or terrible. It actually right. says that he created us good from the right. get-go. But, but, but I, I, would have, I, I wouldn't have allowed the circumstances. Like it, it, I, I'm going to put myself in the perspective of the Abrahamic God, sure. the, the God of the Bible. I would, have, I, I would not have allowed the position of Adam and Eve to even be a thing by putting the tree of knowledge of good and evil in the grove. Well, Blue Ninja, that is what I'm saying. Whether you believe the story is literal or symbolic, you know it wasn't uh, just the tree that caused the problem here. The issue right. was is that they were instructed. I mean, Blue Ninja, if God perched himself down right now in the city like that hypothetical I gave you, and he right. said, look, Blue Ninja... Don't go into that forest over there and eat those berries because there are certain berries that are poisonous. Well, he told you not to do that. He's given you full instruction and explained to you the consequences. So if you go and do that, this is a choice that you made. 
And you do believe from what you've read that this God obviously wants you to have free will and choice, so you're nothing more than a puppet, right? I mean, yeah, but the th- well, kind of, because the 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 fruit of the the tree of knowledge of good and evil is actually what allowed Adam and Eve to have free will and understand the concepts of what free will is, of death and stuff like that. And if I was in God's position during that, I would have explained to him to them exactly why they shouldn't eat the fruit. Mm-hmm. Because when when God was telling Adam and Eve, hey, don't eat from this this tree, that's really all he said. He didn't actually explain to them the concept of like, hey, if you eat from this tree, the uh the concept of death will come into the world. And and even that point doesn't make sense because why would he even like he's all knowing and he's all powerful? Why would he have even allowed that to to be a thing, knowing that Eve would have made the decision to deceive God and eat the fruit? Well, a lot of religious people, and I'm sure the guy that used to hang out with that was a youth pastor, a lot of religious people they see that moment as some kind of cosmic blackmail. They see it as, oh, this is, you know, God kind of set them up. He had to have known. Where was he, hiding in the bushes when all this was going on? I get that. But maybe this is how God gave us the ability to make our own conscious choices, that this was the only way, the most optimal way in our universe to be able to live the way we want to, but a time limit was put on our existence and to do it. Think about it. If we got to live forever, and live in a world like this, and a guy like Joseph Stalin decided to make decisions, and we can't kill him, we can't get rid of him, it would be hell on earth, wouldn't it? But but the, but the grove was perfect. the 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 Garden of Eden was. It, it, there there was no pain. There was no suffering, and when God put the tree in the in the grove. He knew that Eve would make the decision to allow good and evil to come into the world and for for death to come into the world. So he allowed that to happen. That was not his original plan. At least, you know, biblically speaking, the the plan was for for uh everybody to to exist within the the garden of Eden. Um but but he full knowing that Eve would make the decision to eat the fruit still decided yeah i'm gonna put that fruit i'm gonna i'm gonna put that tree in the garden allowing eve to eat it and cause all of the devastation that we see around us what i'm what i'm trying to put forth and i completely understand it's a valid question but there's a blessing and a curse to this if you think about it blue ninja let me give you a you're really good at movie examples you're obviously a tv guy like myself as well as climb mountains i just looked at the pictures beautiful beautiful by the way absolutely stunning have you ever uh you've obviously watched highlander right movies television show highlander um that is the mel gibson movie about uh the yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, no, no, I, no, I'm not familiar. Mel Gibson. Christopher Lambert, Highlanders, they carry swords, they cut each other's head off, they're immortals. You never heard of the movie Highlander with Christopher Lambert? I've heard I, of it. I don't think I've ever seen it. Let's try Highlander. a vampire instead. How's that sound? Let's okay. do a vampire. 
a vampire are vampires according to what you realize and i'm not talking about like some sparkly twilight vampire right, right. You, where they you, break like the rules the, like nosferatu there you go now these things are considered immortals right unless they get stabbed in the chest or burned right. with a cross right they're right. immortals do they have the ability to actually produce through pregnancy a baby reproduce in that way uh Yes. What vampire movie you been watching? Usually they I, have I, to bite each other to make each other. Uh, oh, okay, okay, okay. You're ch- I, I thought you were asking like, are they capable of reproducing? Yeah. Can they can they physically have sex with another vampire or human woman and create a child out of it? Usually, the lore of the vampires is that you can't get a woman pregnant or a vampire woman because they're immortal. Their cells never regenerate or are changed. Okay. That's yeah, how I they can see that. Okay. If that is the case, they can't have babies. So right. in order for there to be life in the world and Adam and Eve to have the ability to produce us and all of our descendants, that's if you take the story literal. This right. would mean that this would have to happen in order for humanity to do it. And we'd have to have time limits on us. Because you don't want an immortal vampire Joseph Stalin, am I right? Uh, right. So that's the point. I know you're looking at it from, oh, wow, they they didn't, how are they supposed to do this? You know, blah, blah, blah. But I'm not saying you're saying blah, blah, blah. But right, right. in order for life to continue on, in order for this to work, for us to have free will... We would have to have both spectrums of being able to know good from evil. And we, being that we recognize, acknowledge that, we then make choices based upon what we know to be good or evil. It's not like good and evil just jumped into the world like a disease or a virus. The good and evil comes from us and the choices we make. And if you ask me historically, humanity's made some pretty dumpy mistakes. Am I right? Oh, oh absolutely. But... But my thing is, is that why, why would God even, like, he's God, he's all powerful. Mm-hmm. Why would he even bother to give that choice? Like, why not just bestow that information upon Adam and Eve and say, hey, here's this information, you know, do with it what you will. Um, it, it it just doesn't make sense to me of why God would go through this elaborate uh, thing of putting a tree in a garden so that they can eat it so that, you know, they understand good and evil and all of that. And even if they did, why did he feel the need to send himself, his son, to forgive those sins? Why not? Why couldn't he just snap his fingers and be like, OK, everybody's forgiven. Cool. I mean, well, he's God. I think he's all powerful. Oh, I completely understand what you're saying on that. What do you think the most powerful message a father or mother could do for a child, uh, though? Uh, to tell them directly. Yes. Tell okay. them directly what? I love you so much that you're so important to me that I would be willing to take a bullet for you. I'm willing right. to be ended. I would allow myself to be humiliated, mocked, spit on everything that you could possibly think of terrible. I will allow it to happen to me because I love you that much. Perhaps it's not just the crucifixion that's telling you the important part here, but 
you've got a father who's saying, I'm willing to live for you and I'm willing to die for you. You are always mm -hmm. special and valuable to me. And what better way can you do that by showing by example? That's fair. That, that is a very fair point. If there's anything else you'd like to ask me, I still have questions too, Mr. Blue Ninja. I'm going to be wrapping this up in about 20 minutes, though, because I want to be able to put the segment on the radio. You know every Friday at 7 p.m. I'll be doing this stuff, right? Yep. All right. Um, and are, are you... Are you content with the uh, theological conversation, or or can I steer it to to another place? Sure, you can ask anything you like. Okay, um, we we were talking about um like dying wishes and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, what 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 do you want done with your body when you're dead? When you're gone? Well, personally, I believe that my soul will. There's two ways to look at this, because you said you look at the Apocrypha as well, right? Well, no, no, I'm not even talking about biblically. I'm just talking about, like, what What do you want your family to do? Do you want to be buried? Do you want to be cremated? What, like, what do you want done with your physical body when you're dead? Well, to me, what happens in my physical body, it doesn't really necessarily matter anymore. I, okay. I feel like I'm just as dead as an atheist until Christ basically you know, re reestablishes my existence and gives me a uh, glorified body. So to me, if you want to take it and throw it in the damn dump or a hefty bag, I don't care. That's cold. Ain't in it? the words, in the words of Danny DeVito, when I'm gone, just throw me in the trash. It's cheaper. You see how much it costs to bury people nowadays? It's like, Oh, right. for sure. I, I, and I don't agree with burying. I think burying is incredibly selfish and I, I don't, I don't support that, but I'm sorry, go ahead. No, that's where I'm at. I, it's just waste. I, I've told my wife in repeated occasions, I said, look, we can't afford to buy me even a pine box. We are not this wealthy. Just put my right. ass in a, a grocery bag and throw me out in the corner and let the dump come and get me. That's how I feel about it. Okay. Um, <laughs> is that terrible or what? <laughs> no, no, that's fine. Because um, like, a lot of people want to donate their body to science. Um, I personally have other ideas and plans of what I want done for my body, which is, you know, currently being theorized of if this is even legally possible for me to do. Um, but some people want to be cremated. Some people want, you know, you can, you can have your body put in like, uh, this big like jar and a tree planted on top of your body so that your body will actually fertilize the tree and grow the tree. I mean, there's so many things that you can do. Um, so I was just curious about like what, you know, what, what if you had any plans or if what you what, what would you prefer done with your body? But well, okay, people so you can really do whatever care. they want with my body. And I've thought about this too. Do I want to donate body parts to science? I haven't ever thought about being in a jar to feed a tree or something. But the problem is, is that although I'm spiritual, I'm also addicted to cigarettes. And I've pretty okay. much messed my whole body up. I wouldn't do a tree any good unless you're trying to grow a tobacco plant. So, <laughs> you know, I don't figure any of my organs are worth a damn to hey, anybody out there. Hey, man, that's totally possible. I know somebody who is who lives in a legal state that 
they have figured out that when they die, they are going to have their body essentially mulched and turn into fertilizer to fertilize marijuana plants. <laughs> well, I think that's crazy, to, but somebody wants to smoke us, I guess, just leave right, you a right, rig, exactly, right? Exactly. That is what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. That's rough. <laughs> oh. All right, I got a. You ready for an interesting question? Yeah, go for it. So, we were. I was asking about the evolution stuff earlier. I just. I'll ask just a couple more, and then we can talk about more stuff next week if you want to. But, um, you believe obviously that at some point in time there was some kind of separation with the cells that created a male and a female, right? Uh, you're talking about like the the production of like sexual organs yes thank you baby my wife just came in you want to say hi real quick say hi blue hello. ninja hi blue ninja hello unfortunately she can't hear you because i'm wearing headphones but he said hello That's fine. <laughs> you get to hear that later if you want she just oh, brought me in a bunch of goodies and treats i brought him some sour nice. worms oh yeah some i'm gonna i'm gonna go get some of those you're gonna get you some sugar worms huh that's the way to oh, do it. Yeah. We were talking about being buried and leg eating and all that. Now we've got sugar worms to go with it. There we go. So the the question I was asking, Mr. Blue Ninja, was, I mean, we just got done doing Adam and Eve. So now I'm going to ask from like an agnostic or atheist worldview, at what point in time do you think that males and females came into existence? Uh, I have no idea. Um, I would assume that it would be somewhere between the the first species that started to produce. I mean, so so cells replicate; they can do that on their own. I would assume that the the next step would be like an asexual organism that can produce on its own, um, and then from there, I have no idea how it would diverge or um, how it would develop. I would assume that it would probably develop from these organisms diverge from being asexual to one of them being mutated into producing only sperm and the other one only producing eggs. And then the eggs would have to be fertilized outside of the body. Um, and then from there, it would just be a process of moving it internally. You also know just as well as I, though, whenever it comes to this stuff, that it's not just enough for the ability for the male and female to pop into existence however they did it. But now there's got to be some kind of chemistry going on that makes it to where the male and the female are even interested in each other in that way, where they actually want to be able to bond to reproduce. Right. Would you be able to explain how it is that nature, if it's an unguided, unblind process, created the hormones and the whatever chemistry that's needed to make male say to the female let's get it on baby when did um i don't know i don't know that that is entirely necessary i mean nowadays yeah probably um but i mean it would be like what would be it, it's essentially like asking you know what are the chemicals that would tell a a cell to replicate it is just something that it does. Now, when we start getting into species that have larger brains and, you know, creating dopamine and stuff like that, that is something that is pleasurable. 
And that is what stimulates mating, at least in uh, species that we see it today. Like when you are in love with someone, um, that is a chemical reaction that is happening in the brain to stimulate mating. I mean, that that's what love is. Um, and, and, you know, there, there are deeper aspects to love, but uh, when it gets down to the biology of it, love as we see it as human beings is nothing more than a chemical reaction in the brain to stimulate mating. We were talking earlier about stars blowing up and all this chemistry mixing together. Now, you don't believe that stars, obviously, being nothing more than gases and all these materials that create metals and gold on the planet, doesn't any of them have any elements of love in them? No, they're inanimate objects. It would be essentially saying, like, does a rock have love? Right. Like, no, of course not. It doesn't feel anything, but it also doesn't reproduce. Do you believe that evolution and abiogenesis, well, at least abiogenesis teaches that we come from inanimate objects? Um, inanimate objects? No. Life can't start without, without uh, life. I agree with that. I feel like that's a very poor way of stating that, but uh, yeah, life doesn't just come from an inanimate object. Have you ever read, um, I believe it was Dawkins that wrote it, uh, or maybe it was, I forget who wrote it. It was uh, Life from Nothing. Maybe it was Stephen Hawking. I've heard Lawrence Cross, Stephen Hawking, and a couple other people say uh, that somehow life came into existence from nothing. Or the universe, at least, came from nothing. Sure, I'm listening. Obviously, you had a point to that. Uh, I forget who wrote it. Um, but it, but it's basically a, a a book explaining how life could theoretically originate from nothingness. Oof. Um, and it, it, it's a very interesting concept. Now, I don't know that I personally subscribe to that, but I, it, it, it's interesting to read. I've got a, and I it, put it, videos of scientists up on my YouTube channel, if you ever want to see it, where they say that we literally came from nothing. Sure. I, like, I don't... I'm, I'm not necessarily stating that that can't happen. Okay. Um, and... Yeah, I don't know. Let, let me try um, something on you real quick, Blue Ninja, okay, go ahead. so we can continue on into the thing. I got about probably about 10 more minutes or a few more minutes, actually. It's okay. 955, it's but fine. you're a gamer, right? You like to play some games? Yeah, I enjoy video games. Can you think of the most graphically terrible, least amount of story game that you have ever witnessed? You don't have to have played it. It could be something as dumb looking as ping pong for Atari. I don't know if you've ever seen that before. Yeah. Yeah, pong. Okay, so let's think of the most least graphical, least story driven, least everything video game we've ever seen in our life. Okay. What are the chances of ping pong coming into existence without a game developer? Um, zero. But the cartridge and the game itself is constructed from the universe, right? It's a part of the universe too, right? 
yeah on like a metaphysical level yes i mean like the the polymers that it, it's made out of are uh made from uh fossil fuels like oil and stuff yeah so which are part why, of the universe why can't you and i how about this you ever seen a jesus pamphlet before at one of them churches you were hanging out in like one of them just pieces of paper they hand out yeah so there's Bible verses and writings on it or something inspirational, or at least what they think is inspirational, right? Right. right? Would something like that be able to come into existence without a living being putting together a consciousness? That alone, just I'm giving you the most smallest pamphlet you can think of. Right, right, right. No. So if you don't believe an Atari game can do this, or a pamphlet found in a church, the smallest one you can think of, then why would you think that something as complex as you, something as beautiful and wonderful as yourself, intelligent as you are, uh, how could you imagine that there isn't something alive in the universe that put you together? Because I can sit down and watch a game developer make a video game, and I can watch... Uh, people take oil from the ground and turn it into polymers and then mold it into plastic. Um, I cannot sit down and watch a god create a human being or a universe. But you can see universes that exist in some of these games you play, right? Sure. It would be perfectly rational and logical that if I were to hand you a game that you never seen the developer do anything with... And you'd say, yeah, but, Brett, obviously somebody developed this because I've seen right. how design works. I've seen but that. I could, but I could go and watch the game developer make that game. Right. And that's, that's the point is, like, even if I've never seen the game developer, I can still go find the game developer, sit down with him, and watch him make the game. Right. I can't do that with God. I can't do that with some uh, ethereal entity that is creating universes. And I'm all I am hoping for when I talk to people, Blue Ninja, is that people remain open-minded. I don't expect anybody to go out and sign up for the nearest Jesus club or church or denomination. Just keep right. being you. Keep being honest with yourself and open-minded. You seem like a true seeker to me, and I think that uh, we're good to go. Okay, cool. Okay. It was fun talking to you. I like talking to you too, Mr. Blue Ninja, and I hope you're around next uh, Friday whenever I do this. Yeah, I should be around next Friday. All right. Well, I'm going to hop out of here. It was nice talking to you, bro. You as well. Have a good one. We hope that you've been enjoying God TV Radio hosted by Brett Keen. When you get an opportunity, check out our public radio station. Check out our books, music, and art. You can also buy t-shirts if you would like to support us. If you don't want a t-shirt, you don't want books, you don't want music, well, you could always do a one-time donation through PayPal. Any support is appreciated. God bless.